to Otaku Spirit Anime Cast. My name is Andrew, and I am joined here, as always, with Chris. Yo. Today's episode is our summer 20... I'm, my brain's going the fall already. <laughs> I almost wanted to say fall. <laughs> We're getting the fall. Um, summer 2022 Anime Season Reviews, part three of three. This is the final one. Once, If it's not on this list, it's over. And then you can yell out, why didn't you do Chimamu? Or why didn't you do Futabai? <laughs> Which we always get. But no, this episode we're doing Made in Abyss, the second season, Danmachi season four, Summertime Render, Call of the Night, Devil is a Part-Timer season two, The Maid I Hired Recently is Suspicious, A Couple of Cuckoos, uh, Hanabi-chan, I'm Quitting Heroing, The OVA, Aferetta, The OVA, Tokyo Mew Mew New, Kakagori Twins, and we're doing mid-season reviews of Utwaramono, Mask of Truth, and Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer. So, despite me fearing that we didn't have enough for this episode, we actually have, like, some really big ones in this one, so... Cyberpunk <laughs> at least three. Uh-huh. Um, my Cyberpunk. Oh, yeah, you gotta talk about Cyberpunk, too. I'll do- let's just do that first, so I don't forget. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, without further ado, let's jump into the Cyberpunk review from Chris, because uh, he's like, at some point, says, I gotta get caught up on Cyberpunk, and I'm like, Chris, we did that one the first part. <laughs> oh, darn. Well, you can still review it, Chris. It's not like we can't do it twice, just to give your perspective. But yes, for those that didn't know, what we did on our first part, we did Cyberpunk Edge Runners. But yes, for for those that want Chris's perspective, Cyberpunk Edge Runners, a series that was done by Trigger, was ten episodes, I believe. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, of course, based on the Cyberpunk franchise, Cyberpunk twenty 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 forty four. 20, I don't know. I don't remember. Whatever whatever <laughs> CD Projekt Red did, they did a cyberpunk game. And, of course, CD Projekt Red went to Trigger and had them make an anime. Almost got rid of Rebecca. I'm never going to let that go. And then <laughs> they made a pretty awesome anime, which I gave raving reviews of. But, Chris, what did you think of, of Cyberpunk Edge Runners? I really loved it. I That one, as it, it, it has this um, – the cyberpunk thing is, is – absolutely a great driver for this really kind of touching um story of family outside of family which um family yeah and and it's it's 
a different That's a type of family. Huh? <laughs> Which one was Vin Diesel? <laughs> was that Maine? <laughs> Maine was Vin Diesel family. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's funny because in a lot of ways, um, one of the things that uh, kind of the um, underbelly of society that you end up getting is this kind of um, uh, brotherhood through. Um, kind of the rogue type thing. And that's what this, this show kind of catches. Um, despite the fact that any one of them could betray the others at any one point, even when they, if they do have this betrayal, there's always this, uh, this edge of what am I doing? Why am I doing this? And I think that they captured that essence really well. And I, the, the, so the bonds that they have is is something that I really think worked really well. They they had this really great story of um, star crust lovers in here. They all these things uh, came together for a really great story. I re- like I said, I love the the cyberpunk aesthetic. I love the um, the a lot of the characters were really well thought out and 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 a lot of fun to just go on this uh, crazy action romp all the way through. Love the idea of um, power through uh, through your own psychology. I thought that was really well done. So yeah, fantastic show. The artwork was great. Um, like I said, I love the aesthetic in in general. So yeah, love it. I highly recommend it. Where the hell did you get Starcrust lovers from? <laughs> Isn't Starcrust lover generally has to have like an aspect of forbidden love that society won't allow? It's uh, basically fate keeping keeping lovers apart. So, yeah, it, it could be the Romeo and Juliet type thing, but uh, in this particular case, it's just lovers that are meant to be together, but because of certain things outside of their control is keeping them, will keep them apart or, or might keep them apart. I don't know how to put it without what's spoiling the, something. What's the, uh, what's Chris's decision on best girl? <laughs> that is a tough one. I oh, will say really? that. It's really? It's a tough one? Yes, because All right. I... We're moving I, on. We're moving on. <laughs> I, I really, really do love Rebecca, but aesthetic-wise, aesthetic-wise... Don't say Kiwi. Oh, God, no. <laughs> um, aesthetic-wise, I do love uh, Lucy. Lucy is freaking gorgeous. If, uh, if she was ever in the show. <laughs> And I, and I do, I do uh, have have a lot of respect for the really kind of. I don't want to say bittersweet because it's not quite bittersweet in the end. It is very, very, very dark chocolate bittersweet type thing. It is really brutal ending, and I love. That was the only reason I wasn't. I was kind of hesitant to tell Chris to watch it. Is it's not. It 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 does. It has a very real ending. Yeah. I guess is the best way to put it. It's got a very, um, very real ending. Yeah. For that. those of you who are a little bit touchy on hard uh stuff this was kind of dark even for me i how i got through some of this was amazing (laughs) because i i there was quite a few times when i went oh gosh that's a little bit brutal but yeah crazy love it there you go there you go that's chris's cyberpunk edge runner review thanks chris for catching up on that and giving us a perspective i wish you did it for the first week so i didn't have to talk about it alone (laughs) but that's what it is um, yeah, let's move on to Made in Abyss, the Golden City. Speaking of <laughs> dark, <laughs> which if that's like super dark chocolate, what is this one? <laughs> Made in Abyss, the Golden City of the Scorching Sun, which is technically the second season. Made in Abyss, uh, Retsu Jitsu no Ungo Kyo. This one streamed on High Dive, ran for 12 episodes, done by Studio Kinema Citrus. They actually had a full, um, like almost hour long last episode, so. 
pretty much 13 episodes. But uh, based on a manga, the genres are adventure, drama, fantasy, mystery, and sci-fi. And for those that are not familiar with this series of Made in Abyss, it essentially opens up with this big, huge abyss, this big hole in the middle of this one island. And it has all these, this kind of city gets built around it. And the people that live in this village, a lot of the, those folks are essentially people that will go down inside the abyss, look for the artifacts that are down inside there, and bring them back up. Now, the problem that comes with that is that <laughs> there's a thing known as the Abyss Curse, which is the further you go down inside the abyss, coming back up will, early stages, just make you kind of sick and nauseous. But as you go down further, it affects your body more and more, and they pretty much have this point of no return. So, uh, yeah. That's pretty much where we're at with the second season. They've pretty much gotten to that point of the no return. Uh, we're following a girl named Rico who is going down there in order to discover the great things that her mother wrote about in her letter. And so she's going down there alongside her is Regu, who is this artifact that she found wandering around the upper areas. And Regu's like some sort of, I don't know, machine boy. I don't know. But <laughs> I haven't really gotten too much details about him a little bit into this season. But um, at some point in the first season, they met Nanashi who is one of these people that actually lives down inside the abyss, and they go further down here. In the second season, we're really getting into, as it leads you to believe, the existence of the Golden City, which is after the sixth layer. And so they're going there, and they eventually run into this village full of hollows, which are pretty much mutated beings. And they have this whole system within the village. This village itself kind of protects them from certain aspects of this environment. And you get this idea that there's value. Everything in this village has value. And there's a system in play to prevent people from destroying or harming other people's value or stealing other people's value. And eventually they meet Fapta, who is this creature that's outside of the village that never enters. That seems to <laughs> be the epitome of value to everybody. And they're very much in awe of it. Um, and then eventually gets into the history of this village. How the village itself came to be. And essentially what the future is of that village. So... Your, your thoughts on Maiden Abyss, the golden city of the scorching sun and scorching your retinas with pain? Well, if if the other show was like 10% dark chocolate, uh, this would, would be like 1% dark chocolate. I mean, you, this is – I don't understand how I keep going back to this show. I keep telling myself I'm going to give up on this show because of how brutal this show is. And somehow I keep going back. So there's got to be something to the show, right? <laughs> Well, the good thing is it's pretty much caught up with the manga, manga so we're not seeing anything anytime oh, soon. Oh, thank again. goodness. I <laughs> you, can't. <laughs> you can have a nice five-year break. <laughs> it is. It, it, I, I don't – I honestly don't know how I keep getting through this show. It is really, really hard to watch sometimes. I, there is this aspect of maybe I'm just stuck and I've got this kind of um, – what is that? Stockholm Syndrome going on with this where I just have to keep going because – by this point, I'm so daggum invested in these characters. I want to see at least where they finally get the 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 pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Because right now, I mean, you think it's got to be a really you think really ever big time. Be a happy ending to this. Story? I don't know at this point. <laughs> I just think this writer's just gonna leave it with this like nasty ending, and then it's just like done. <laughs> Everybody died. Done. I wouldn't doubt it. I, I, I wouldn't mean, doubt it. For no, real, none of his endings are very like. Somebody made an argument that every like because we had a first season. Then we had a movie, and then we had the second season. And they're pretty much – there's like two arcs in the first season technically because you have her going in there and um, meeting – I keep forgetting her name every single time I talk about it. Um, and then in the second part of the first season, that's when you get into Nanashi and Mitty. And the movie is really about Bondrud and Prushka. And then this one's about Fapta and all the people of the village. And it's like 
if you somebody's like was mentioning yeah i think maybe even you this mentioned this idea of like bittersweet it's like i don't even think it's bittersweet it's just kind of tragedy but moving forward like it, it never is, is none of the endings ever has some sort of sweetness to it none of them have sweetness at the end it's just tragedy and then you move forward it's just i never get a sweetness at the end of any of these arcs it's just kind of like the brutality of reality is really what it's trying to tell me um i guess the positive is really in the idea of yes per- persevering and moving forward the experiences that you get rico even says at some point in this season when somebody says do you regret coming to this village because of everything that's happening and she's like no i still enjoy what has i've experienced and the people that i've met it's like she Rico, you can you know argue that she is stupid, Insane. oblivious, and <laughs> does dumb stuff. But in the end, she's almost like me watching the show because I just kind of want to see what crazy stuff this writer comes up with. And I'm always intrigued. That's what pulls me along. I'm always intrigued by what this writer creates. Everything's so weird, so messed up, so disgusting. Um, to example, like I mentioned before, this village is full of hollows, which are these mutated creatures. And I won't get into details exactly what it is in case people actually do want to start from the beginning and go through it. But, uh, again, each one of them has value. And they're obsessed with that value. And they have, at one point, Nana, she was walking by and she's trying to figure out what she wants to do to create value. And mentions that this one person just loves poking things or something like that. She's like, well, I may be able to – or she was thinking that one might want to have be stepped on or something like that. So maybe I'll find one of them that wants to be stepped on to get value. But it's like at some point you realize they go to this inn and there's a toilet. And this toilet is literally one of these things. And so their value is getting that stuff out of people. And it's like, it is so gross and crazy. But at the same time, that's what fascinates me is it all feels grounded. Like it feels grounded within the reality of its existence. Nothing is ever, nothing ever feels like it's too hard of a stretch to really um, realize in reality. And I think his way of really grounding it, making it come to life, and Kinema Citrus, my gosh, every it seems like every episode they get better and better and better and better. <laughs> They're doing a fantastic job of bringing that to life because technically the the manga is does jump around a lot. It, the, the panels don't go second by second, and so it, they did have to fill in a lot of gaps, and I think they pulled that off really well. And yes, making that, breathing life into that manga, they do a fantastic job of it. But anyways, continue. I cut you off when you were talking about why you didn't know why you keep watching it, but I didn't really get a well, sense of what this you point, liked about it. The, the the stupid thing is, is next season when it comes down to it, I, I as much as I want to say I won't watch it, I know that there's one particular character that I'm going to be going into the next season just for that one mm-hmm. character. So I'm 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 pretty much stuck on on going along the 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 rest of this ride, and I'm going to be tortured the entire way. So. Hopefully I'll completely be out of my whole dark stuff is done thing. True, true. But no, for me overall, really did, was fascinated by this season. Really did love it. And again, I think Kinema Citrus did a fantastic job. I, I really did like the aspect of the value and all that kind of stuff. And yes, having it technically having a parallel story, because you did get a lot of glimpses of the history and the present. And then you go back and get a little more of the history. And you're, it was it was like they were slowly coming together until they eventually merge. And you go, okay... That's what's going on here. I will admit there is a 
I did feel a little bit let down by the ending. Like it didn't feel very satisfying. And again, that kind of goes back to my whole th- statement that they're they're always negative endings. But but I still find even despite things being tragic endings, they can be satisfying. I just felt like the overall conclusions didn't feel satisfying. It almost had a, a sense of why do we even bother talking about this kind of feeling. Now I will say that it feels like this story isn't technically done. There's at some point they mention this idea that there is a prophecy, and I and they've already kind of established that prophecy is not technically over. So I think that this second season, while it does have a conclusion, I feel like – and it doesn't feel like nothing was really untold. It, I do feel like the payoff is probably later. And so I, I – not that that ruins the season. I still absolutely love this season. It's still like a 9 out of 10 for me. I absolutely loved it to death. But I did feel a little bit let down by the end. Not to say that nothing was concluded, just it didn't feel satisfying. But overall, I really did love the story. I loved Waco, loved Iru, loved Fapta. I thought they were fantastic. There wasn't enough Nanashi. I will say that. There was not enough Nanashi. But when we did have Nanashi, it was super fantastic. <laughs> Why do they have to... They dredged it up again. I'm not going to say what it is. If they dredged it up again, I'm like, how can you do this t- again? <laughs> I, I I will I will add this. In, 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 you were saying that you're not not really sure how the whole bittersweet thing is. How about we just flip the entire thing and just say it's sweet, and then they beat the crap out of your head until you go, I I don't want any more. And then they go, Oh no, here another cute character that you might like. Beat 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 beat. Oh, beat. there's Fopta. She's cute. She's got a cute <laughs> voice. And then suddenly she's sticking her finger inside of Regu's belly and squishing it around so she can taste what his blood feels like. It's like <laughs> Like I already have like an like an unsettling feeling of belly buttons, but like just jab the finger in there, <laughs> just ugh, it's just it's just wrong, so wrong. Uh, this this writer is kind of screwed up. <laughs> this writer is like officially screwed that's up. Put, putting ma, light, that, that's putting it lightly. Let's just let's just say ma, ma. I liked ma in the end, but ma, <laughs> ma was weird. But no. I, I thought it was fantastic. Great story. Great. Again, just kind of realizing a very weird and yet put together and very grounded feeling world is always fascinating to me. I think this creator is pretty much like, like if you took Hayao Miyazaki and just, you know, I don't know, gave him a bunch of shrooms or something like that. He's just, he's just weird. Uh, like a very twisted, like Hayao Miyazaki, if he didn't have cherry cigarettes for too long, I think that's really what, what this creator is. Somebody laced his cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> just lost it. Anime was a mistake. I'm writing again. Um, yeah, the, most the, unquoted, this, misquoted statement ever. This show makes me question my my masochistic side for sure. But yeah, it's it's fantastic. We'll always love it. And again, this season technically, it feels like they bumped up the quality. It just visually looks fan. The OP is phenomenal. The ED is great too, but the OP is just like visually amazing. So besides. Uh, Kaja. Kaja, they, they did CGI. But other than Kaja, <laughs> everything else was fantastic. Uh, but yeah, I, I sadly know that it's pretty much caught up with the manga, but uh, would love to see more of it. So, Made Miss, The Golden City, and The Scorching Sun. That's enough uh, gushing about that one. Is it wrong to try to pick up Girls in a Dungeon Season 4? Or Dungeon ni Dei wo motemeru no wa... Machigateru daro ka for shinsho. Maikyo hin. Sorry, I missed the last part because it was in the end of the line. But no, fourth season of Don Machi. It's easier to say Don Machi. 
But uh, yeah, this one, for those who don't know, it basically opens up with this world where the gods and goddesses got bored of being up in the heavens. So they gave up their powers to live amongst the humans. And they started creating these familia, which is where they bring a bunch of adventurers into this group. And then they can bestow power upon them, level them up and all that kind of stuff. And they need those strength because there's a labyrinth in the middle of this one city. And people like to go in the labyrinth and get stronger and go deeper and deeper into this labyrinth to fight the monsters within it. And claim glory, which is one such Bell, who is a new adventurer who heads down into the labyrinth. He is with the Hestia familia and familia familia, and Hestia uh, Bell is like the only member of Hestia's familia. Um, don't know why, but anyways, he is. <laughs> Early on, he's just like super obsessed with his eyes and getting stronger so that he can fight alongside eyes because eyes saved him at some point. Then at some point, he got bored of eyes and then got obsessed with like a waifu every season, including Haruhime and saving her. Um, then there was this one girl, what was her name? Uh, Wine. Wine, it, he became obsessed with and had to save her. And then in this season, he gets uh, Marie, Marie, and then gets obsessed. No, I'm joking. <laughs> it's waifu per season. Hey, that's in the title. Is it wrong to pick up Girls in Dungeon? Why do I always make that joke when it's literally in the title? What do you expect, Andrew? But now in this fourth season, uh, we pretty much established that there is these ex- existence of Xenos, which we found out in the last season, which are intelligent de- uh, monsters. And it's pretty much Bell's goal right now that he wants to stop the fact that humans and Xenos can't live side by side because there is intelligent monsters down there in the labyrinth. They shouldn't be seen as monsters and killed. So he's trying to figure out how to bridge that gap. And he's pretty much told that he has to go down to the lowest floor and there's something there. They won't say... But there's something down there that'll fix everything. <laughs> um, and then they pretty much jump to them doing this one mission. Um, Bell and all of his companions that he's built over the time. And they go down to, what was it, like the... 23rd. 23rd floor, gets where it gets really tough. Um, Bell's been strengthened up a lot, so he's he's quite overpowered at this point. But as we're really running into some rough stuff down there, eventually we start to learn about this um, apparent murder that Ryu did. And he has to uncover the truth behind that. And then that eventually leads to this crazy monster that somehow spawns in the labyrinth that, sadly, we don't have a conclusion for. Because <laughs> this is the first core of two cores. So that's the that's the big unfortunate thing is that this is technically a mid-season review. Because, again, they are doing a split core and the second part will be in January. So, yeah, that said, what is your thoughts on this season? I honestly, um, me, me and Andrew had got into a little bit of a discussion uh, at some point about this this particular core, and um, I, for a lack of a better uh, way for me to put this, I, I was as I was watching it, I really did enjoy the um, the bell getting to show off at the very beginning. Then we had a couple of things that kind of ramped up and the the funny thing about this is the this was probably the the least don machi of all the seasons that we've watched so far of the show and you're yet, gonna get so many hate comments chris <laughs> why because it's like the first time it's ever been actually properly adapted from my understanding so oh really if you're well, saying it, this is the least don machi well, then it, you're saying it's the least studio jc staff don machi it's the most I Light mean, novel, what I would Don Machi, I guess. Well, and, and in a lot of ways, this was the best season, and and so you 
I mean, give me some hate for that, but I think this was easily the best season of this show so far, and it's the least like what we've gotten so far. Um, because they're and properly if adapting. If they're properly adapting, that's huge kudos. Um, I absolutely loved this season. Um, I really did enjoy a lot of what had, what this show brought to the forefront. Um, it still kind of kept its uh, its... Um, essence while it's at the same time really kind of showing bell um, fighting for uh, being overpowered and yet at the same time uh, having having things put in front of his path that he has to overcome properly balancing the the um, the fight when it when we had a fight in 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 a lot of cases where it, it felt there like there was some weight to the battle and yet still at the same time giving giving a lot of leeway for him to adapt and uh, ultimately overcome uh, what he had to go against um even when we got into the 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 latter uh half of this uh, this core and we were fighting against something that is an overwhelming um situation it still felt like there was some some ways that um bell could ultimately uh put himself against this thing. And I really do like that what they did with, uh, uh, Ryu and, and, and getting into her backstory and, and getting a lot of the, um, the pieces that were left behind way back when getting those brought forward so that we can actually dig into a lot of that stuff. So I'll, I, all in all, I really, really loved this season. And I, I, I think that, uh, was all the other stuff worth it? Yeah. Heck yeah. I, I, I've always loved this show. So, getting more of it is is always great and i really like that it feels like a lot of the um the writing is cleaned up and 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 getting into the meat of the story a, a lot easier no i was just trying to make sure that you didn't say anything super terrible cuz like i agree it's like it's it's the most undonmachi anime season than ever but apparently it's supposed to be the most donmachi season ever because the writer's actually involved now, which is, I think, really good. And what I'm hearing is it's supposed to be one of the better arcs of the series as a whole. So I guess it's a good thing that they're involved. So, But no, I, I, I really did enjoy this season. I, I there's There were some points towards the later part that I got really frustrated with because they kind of introduced three of my most hated things in anime and storytelling in general ever. Which is the prophecy thing that never really actually happens. The, uh, you're not a criminal, are you? Please tell me what's going on. And they don't want to tell you what's going on, which would easily solve the situation if you just say what's going on. And then finally the cackling bad guy that nobody wants to just take out while they're doing a bunch of terrible things and getting a bunch of people killed while they're cackling and nobody wants to kill them. Those three things. But other other than those three sins that they introduced in this season... I loved everything else, everything else that was in it. I, I really did appreciate the opening, getting reintroduced to the characters, jumping right into a situation which I thought kind of let every single character shine. Each one of them has seen, like, significant growth. we finally seen growth in Belle for once. <laughs> After so long, it feels like they never wanted to show that Belle was actually leveling up. And suddenly it's like he just, oh, yeah, that's why. That's right. You have this big old pocket of experience, so let's just level you up, like, five levels. <laughs> but, um... Really seeing uh, Bill growing up overall, like not just strength wise, but growing up as a com- in confidence and everything. He's, he doesn't doesn't feel like a whiny kid anymore. He really does feel like he's maturing and he's getting stronger. And yes, a lot of people are relying on him. But not only that, but hitting a little bit on the idea that people themselves not needing to rely on him too much. 
Um, because what we end up finding out is that you rely on too much on one person and they're not available, it really knocks down your whole situation and your survivability. Um, and the way they kind of portrayed all that stuff was really fantastic as well. Um, I got a great, I got like two really great moments with best girl Lily, so I'm perfectly happy with that. Um, her little final stand was was fantastic. I thought that was like, it, it, that, it got me, it got the tears. It got the tears for me <laughs> as she kind of stood their ground, so... That was fantastic, and yes, this, despite the three sins that they did in the later part of this first core, um, it overall was really fantastic because it was just this really huge build-up to Bill being pushed the corner, and seeing a main character who's OP really pushed their limits, and not just being simply, oh, well, all the t- attacks are not working. It is more of an aspect of putting things in play that require the character to really think about what they do next. They kind of did that with the Moss boss. It was kind of a thing where it had a mechanic to it that really put people at risk. And it's the same thing with this new thing they've run into is that it's got certain elements to it that not everything that you're normally used to doing all on a regular basis, like firebolt to firebolt to firebolt to firebolt to. <laughs> Your normal attack method doesn't really work. Um, really, you know, forcing, uh, you know, Bell and team to actually have to think about what they're doing. So that stuff's good. I, I like the JRPG uh, aspects of Don Machi. I like the waifu characters of Don Machi. Um, and I love the the kicked up animation for sure with this season, even though they did use a little bit of CGI. Um, it looked fantastic. There was a lot of really great um, animation pieces in this particular season. So overall, great. I think the the growth in the characters, the the fun moments of the characters, the you know the last stand, the desperate moments of the characters was a lot of really uh, heavy, very serious points in this season for sure. And um, it's definitely got me excited for the next season or next core, which bugs me that we had a whole, that we had a, a split core for this one. I think it's going total of like twenty two episodes, so we're only halfway through it. So looking forward to more. Definitely, um, it's 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 definitely improved a lot of the things that I was disliking about the series. So, which was mainly around the waifu per season. I will say, I I think the Marie is like a really bad thing to have in the story. <laughs> I joke about the fact that she's technically like the fairy in the bottle for the Donamachi series now. So hopefully they don't rely on that too much. But we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, that's uh, Donamachi Season 4. Or is it wrong to pick up, trying to pick up Girls in Dungeons Season 4? Next one we have is Summertime Render. Uh, this one was streaming on Disney Plus in certain regions. Uh, apparently it's supposed to be on Hulu eventually in the United States. But... I um I got it elsewhere, just saying. Uh, it ran for 25 episodes. It was a full adaptation of a manga being done by Studio OLM. Genres are mystery, supernatural, suspense. Uh, the director was Ayumu Watanabe, who did Komi-san, Can't Communicate, Fortune Favors, Lady uh, Nikuko, Children of the Sea, and After the Rain. Series composition by Hiroshi Seko, who did Attack on Titan, Jujutsu Kaisen, Doi Heroro, and Vinland Saga, as well as Banana Fish. So... Uh, a prominent MAPPA member, apparently. So, yeah. This one opens up... We pretty much have this guy, Shinpei. He is heading home because he got noticed that his childhood friend, Ushio, had unfortunately passed away in a drowning. And while he's on the boat heading to the island where his village was that he was born in, um, as he's on his way, he falls asleep and has a dream of said person, Ushio, in his dream, pretty much telling him, giving him a gift, touching his eye, and then saying that she needs to go um, protect her sister, Mio. And then he wakes up, and he's like, okay, that was weird. Goes to the village, ends up, you know, reacquainting himself with everybody, goes to the funeral itself. That's where he finds out that 
from one of his friends, so that you know something was amiss in Ushio's death. It wasn't it doesn't seem like it was all an accident. Uh, apparently, the during the autopsy, they discovered that Ushio had strangulation marks on her neck. So obviously, something going on there. And then he hears later on from his uh, Ushio's sister Mio that there is like the, apparently this illness or this curse, this legend on the island that if you see a doppelganger of yourself. Um, it's a shadow that will come and kill you and then kill your family and replace you. Well, apparently Ushio had seen this doppelganger, so it's kind of giving a little bit of weight to the situation, so they decide to go to the shrine to try to see if they can cleanse themselves because they believe they've seen one of these shadows, and that's when he sees two, <laughs> he sees two Mios and then gets shot. <laughs> and he wakes up, and he's back on the boat again, and he's heading towards the island, and he's like, well, that was weird. That was a weird dream. And then it kind of repeats everything, so that's kind of the... The initial hook for this series. And that's pretty much all I'll get into. That's literally the first episode. <laughs> that's about as much as I want to dig into this. It's a, kind of one of those series where it's it's best to have experienced yourself going into it completely fresh as possible. And um, did you get a chance to watch it? Do you really want me to answer that question? Actually, yes. That way I know. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> you did watch it? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. What did you think about Summertime Render? I did not like it as much as you. Didn't like it. Nope. Well, that's unfortunate. That is one of the main reasons why I didn't tell you that I watched it, because I was not as hype as you. I, I thought it was fine. Um, I ended up, I found it, in a lot of cases, very boring. Um, I It's it's one of those frustrating things. Is it, it, it's, it's, I really, really wanted to be as hype as Andrew was on this show. I And that's one, one of the main reasons. It, it, I started around the, the same time that we did our, uh, our music episode during one of the, I think it was the Summertime Render uh, ED or OP. I asked Andrew to give me a, a basically a, um, a elevator pitch on this show. And he, he said that he really wanted me to watch it because it was just uh, anime of the year t- uh levels. And I, so I went ahead and I started watching it and I wanted to find the hype that Andrew did. And it's one of those things that is really frustrating because once you get to a certain point, you're like, at what point do I start getting hype? And I, I episode one, <laughs> right? <Pretty much. laughs> um, and it, and it, it's, it's frustrating because I really did want to get in the same hype mode and, and, and jump in there and, and, and go back and forth with Andrew on it. But at the same time, I didn't want to kill his hype on this. I really didn't. I didn't want to go into and go, Andrew. Hey, this is this is what's bugging me, and this is what's bugging me. I unfortunately did not find a lot of the. Um, I didn't find a lot of uh, hype in in Shimpei. I um, the the closest characters that um, that would have been should have gotten me excited. Um, would have been I, I could see where the most interesting character should have been uh, the writer. I, the um, Ushio should have been an interesting. Heine should have been absolutely sucking me into the show. And yet, when a lot of the most impactful moments would happen, and I could see that this is supposed to be a very impactful moment, I'm 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 left going. Okay, to me that didn't that didn't work. And it should have. And yes, I'm talking. Uh, you can you can Udasai this. Um, I'm talking about the reveal of the family, the 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 corners family. That should have been a very impactful moment. And I I I know it was an impactful moment. And yet, to me, it fell flat. And it didn't work for me. And and I'm very very frustrated. Now, I will give this ending props. 
I think that was by far the best after story I have ever seen. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, I to me, it, it just didn't work. Um, I can see why a lot of people would get excited about it. But to me, a lot of the rules were changing in a lot of cases. I'm not big on time stories, and that's what a lot of a lot of this is is time looping. And that was and the it, only reason that I was kind of hesitant yeah. suggesting it is because it has a time element to it. I think it handled the time stuff fine, except for the very end. But I never had a problem with the time aspect, so I didn't really think because it's not a go back in the past, change something, and something uh, then you go back in the future, like uh, Tokyo Revengers. Because it's not constantly going back and forth for you to scrutinize what's changing and what's not changing, I didn't feel like it was that big of a deal because it's technically going back and start again. It's just similar to something like ReZero. Um, so I don't think th- – I didn't think it would bother you because it's similar to ReZero and the idea that it's just try again, try again, try no, again. And, and, and not and necessarily, that's, well, now you got to change something. And, and, and that – however, I will throw this out there. After watching this, I came away going, I really want to watch a – effectively a chess match. And that's what this, in a way, was seems like it was trying to do. Oh, yeah. And I think that was probably the coolest aspect of this that I kind of wish was worked out a little bit better. Where you're literally watching, effectively, two players affect the world in such a way to try and, and get to the ultimate goal. And and I in, in some ways, I think that was kind of the coolest thing about this, that I I kind of wanted to see this asp this this mechanic worked a little bit more if it, it was all possible. No, it didn't quite work out the way I wanted it to, but at the same time, that is one thing that I came away going, I really want to see this. And but ultimately, like I said, I it, this show really wasn't for me. I I give it props for doing what it did, um, and I can see where a lot of people would ex- be excited about it. Chris doesn't appreciate Tangirl, Best Girl, or Hizuru, which is very unfortunate. And he even had a Heine. Heine. Uh, Heine. Heine. Save it for him. That's that's crazy. Yeah. Or Shiori, Rikijimia. I and, and it's funny because I... I, I Mio, Mio Ushio... There was not enough cute girls on the screen. Mio is just barely ever there. Yeah. Mio, I will admit Mio is very underplayed. Now, yeah. the other Mio is a different story. But anyways, let me bring it up. Um, this show is amazing. I, I would probably, it, it's kind of, I think besides like one big reveal at the very end that kind of was a little bit lackluster, it, it pretty much was going to be a perfect show for me, like a 10 out of 10 for me. And I think I still ended up marking it as a 10, 10 out of 10 for me on my, my Annie list just because the idea that for literally 20, what, 24, 23 episodes of an entire six month, six month span, I was hooked on this show. Like every week. Where's the next episode? Where's the next? And unfortunately, because I'm getting it secondhand um, translation stuff, it's like it took even longer to get the episodes. It was a very struggle um, just to get a hold of this show. And it was worth it every single time. Every single week, it was absolutely fantastic. Like I said, minus probably episode 23 and 24. I think those are the only two where I was like kind of a little let down by this. I mean, there were still fun episodes, but overall it was like, oh, this is kind of like not the hypes of the rest of the show. Um, the rest of it was just like, again, from the very beginning, from the first episodes, I was into it and I could not get enough of it. The main, the main reason, the main hook for me, honestly, personally, is I love the show has so much mystery about what path Shinpei should take next. 
Um, he doesn't feel like a doofy main character. He's definitely not a Subaru. And I think everybody kind of equates Summertime Render to ReZero. And it's pretty much, yes, I guess you could say it's ReZero, but it doesn't have an annoying Subaru character. He's this, this is kind of just a normal dude. Like, this is a normal um, college student. Like, he's not really college student. Like, high school into college, probably. I think he was just, like, just getting their university age. Like, he's like 18 or something like that. But he's a normal dude. And so he's not like he does have goofy moments, but overall, he's just kind of a normal dude that sees an issue. He's caught in a situation and he wants to do right. Um, so, yeah, I guess if you can give it any argument, Shinpei is not like this multidimensional character. He's just kind of a normal guy. He doesn't have some deep, crazy backstory that, you know, he used to be a part of the Yakuza and he had like three murders happen in his life. And one of them was him, his own doing. Um, he's just kind of, again, as a normal dude going back home. And his his backstory is his connection to the people that he's trying to help. Um, but no, I, I usually equate the show not to ReZero, but technically to like a Higurashi when they cry because it's dealing with a secluded island, a village. It's dealing with an illness. It's dealing with a reset aspect. Um, and it still has that aspect of the struggles that the person goes through trying to resolve the issue. And slowly unraveling the mysteries behind not only the disease itself, but who's involved. And... The reason why the big hook for me was that this show did so well of revealing these mysteries about what the next step was. It would point things out. Certain things would become obviously something you should take note of or just some happens. A character just glances to the right really briefly and then goes on with her day. And if you take note of every single thing that Shinpei or the characters around him are taking note of, it feels rewarding in the idea that next time they kind of run into that situation or the next reset happens, you'll realize, oh, that's why it's there. It, it's, it's, it's a very rewarding writer. Like this writer, this writer knows how to reward you for paying attention to what's happening. The, the example I give in all my videos is the Pansu. <laughs> Every time he comes off this dock, Mio comes rolling down the hill, brakes go out, and she hits the edge of this dock and flies up and just a... Nice long shot of her ponsu, striped ponsu. Um, Shimapon. It's, it's, it's important to know that it's Shimapon. And this technically becomes a thing later on when they note, okay, well, did you see it here, I guess? <laughs> it gives you, again, it's like, again, you make note of this, and it's a reason why it's pointed out is because later on they'll reveal it. Now, that's like the, the most basic and stupidest example of that. There's more uh, involved and more serious moments that I'm not going to say because spoiler reasons, but. It's just this writer knows how to create mystery, show you the resolves, put things out there. You note them. It rewards you for noting them. Um, just basically keeping you going based on your own observations and paying off every now and then. I like also that there's not enough – there's not too much mystery going on in your hands at one time that you feel overwhelmed. This isn't a case of like lost <laughs> – where you're you're just hoping that they answer all the questions and they don't. It feels like everything's kind of fulfilled and it doesn't overburden you with mystery. Um, but it has enough there that it keeps you going and it's so well put together. It's it's one of the very few suspense, horror, supernatural shows that we just never get anymore in anime. It's like a very rare it's a rare it's a rare thing in anime anymore, which is really sad. Um, because it's the type of anime that I honestly Early on and through my career in anime, I say career in anime, um, it, it's the things that I, I treasure the most because we don't get enough of it. Like you, typically if it's got this kind of element, it gets too melodramatic or it gets too political or it gets so, you know, bogged down with, you know, deuce ex machina crap happening that you just can't follow it. 
Um, this one's very, very grounded, except for maybe like right at the very end. Um, <laughs> it works out really well in the end. And I love all the characters. I, I Yes, I mentioned earlier, I kind of felt a little bit let down by Mio herself. But at the same time, again, I think it's trying to go for kind of a grounded, these are normal people kind of situation. So again, Mio is not going to have some crazy backstory where she went to Tokyo and was in the Olympics and then she failed. And that's why she's always had this great desire to fulfill her dreams once again. But then she can't because this tragedy happens. It's just people in the now dealing with the situation ahead of them. And yes, some have the insecurities, some have their confidence. Um, some characters are a little quirky and you like it, <laughs> like Hizuru. Um, or just, again, kind of twisting it in some way with the the aspect of the core element of the story, which I think was fantastic. Um, I loved getting into the doppelganger aspect, getting more into that whole mystery the mechanics that are within that system, again, I'm being vague for spoiler reasons. Um, all that stuff was really, really, really fascinating, and I loved every bit of it. So, and man, that was some really great animation points. Did you like, what was it, episode 16 or something, the, the school fight? Did you at least like that episode? That was a pretty amazing episode. It was, it was, it was crazy, yeah. He just shrugged at it. There's no helping Chris. I don't know. I don't think he was watching. I thought the, it. He probably I think had the, it on the I think background. the battle. I think the battle on the beach was probably the most impressive to me. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, that's uh, summertime render. Definitely a high suggestion for me, but um, fortunately, did not work for Chris. Like I said, I, I, and that's why I didn't mention it to Andrew. I didn't want to kill his hype. He was super. That was hype that was pretty it. bad. Yeah, that was pretty bad, Chris. He didn't <laughs> hold back at all. Yeah, it was boring. Only characters, and even the best animated episodes, like shrug, the school scene, shrug. Anyways, let's go to something that Chris will be positive on. <laughs> uh, Call of the Night or Yofukashi no Uta. This one streamed on High Dive, went for thirteen episodes. Done by Studio Leiden Film. Sources of manga genres are romance, supernatural. Director is Tomoyuki Itamura, who did Monogatari series and the Case Study of Vanitas, two really fantastic series, obviously. And series composition by Michiko, uh, Michiko Yokote, who's pretty much done everything under the sun and is incredible at her job. So two really great people working on it, which is no surprise why this show is great. <laughs> but this one opens up with Ko Yamori, who is pretty much a shut-in. You get some history where he was at school and some girl confessed to him and he kind of said, I, I'm sorry, I can't. He just doesn't understand love. Um, and this kind of got him... Not bullied, but everybody kind of questioned him and were very negative against him for turning her down. So he just kind of didn't want to deal with it. So he kind of just stayed at home and left school and just kind of became a shut-in, so to speak. At some point, he sneaks out in the middle of the night just to kind of get out there and be free. And so he goes out into the streets and it's just empty. You know, he got nothing but the street lights on and he just kind of finds like this amazing freedom in it. Like there's nobody around, no bustling cities, no cars. He's like the ultimate freedom. And so he's enjoying running around, and eventually he runs into Nazana, this girl who pretty much kind of shows him a couple cool things about the night, and eventually says, well, you have a problem with sleeping, don't you? Well, let me help you out. I, I actually help people out like you. And so she brings him back to his place, puts out this bed, and says, here, lay down. <laughs> she has, like, this cuddling service, so she's offering, you know, to lay next to him so that he can fall asleep, and, and he'll get his dreams. And he's like, well, I'll just... I'll just fake like I'm dreaming or sleeping. I've, I do it all the time with my parents, so I'm just going to fake like I'm sleeping. This this person doesn't seem like a bad person. just seems a little weird. Um, so he decides to like lay there and act like he's sleeping, and then suddenly she turns out to be a vampire and <laughs> goes to bite him. <laughs> and he quickly goes, 
whoa, okay, what just happened? She's like, well, okay, you know, it's a, this thing. And he's like, well, am I going to turn into a vampire? She's like, no, that's, that's not how it works. He's like, well, why not? I just got bit by a vampire. Don't I become a vampire? He's kind of cool with the idea. Like, he, he enjoys the night. Why not become a vampire kind of thing? So he come to find out that the weird quirk within this world for vampires is that in order to become an, a vampire or an offspring of a vampire, you have to actually fall in love with the vampire that bites you before they bite you. And so this kind of turns this whole thing where person who doesn't understand love trying to fall in love with vampire. At the same time, vampire is fine with him, you know, being around her because she likes the taste of his blood. So she gets a benefit from it. And, but she doesn't want to have anything to do with trying to make him fall in love with her. So yeah, that's, that's kind of the, the setup for it. And they kind of just spend every night doing goofy things and having fun. Eventually pulling in Ko's old friends, realizing that he had friendships before that he kind of left behind getting more into the other vampires of this world and uh, so on and so forth. Your thoughts. Absolutely love it. The, the, uh, I, I really love the, the vistas, the background art, the, the, the seclusion, uh, kind of ambience that of the, of the kind of the nightlife city type thing that they're, they're going for here. I really, really think that they captured that well. Um, the when they go to a pool party per se, the, you kind of get the nightlife of that and how there there's that aspect. You of also it. get creepy nuts. They, you get creepy nuts. <laughs> the um, band that does the music was there. They I all in all, this show is absolutely fantastic at capturing nightlife, and I think that that is the one thing that more than anything that I got out of this show. I really really love uh, Nazana. She is. Easily, probably one of the best girls of the year. Um, I they, and there, there's a, a few of them this year that that have came out, and and she's definitely a top contender. I really, really love the characters, the character artwork, the um, the crazy um, quirks to each one of the characters as as they kind of dig into them and they start their personalities start to show on the screen. Um, voice acting is absolutely phenomenal in a lot of these, a lot of these characters. I, yeah, yeah, I love it. This is a great show. I highly recommend it, it, it by far. So what do you think of the time element in this one? I didn't have a problem with it. <laughs> what? Those time elements? Um, no, I, I actually love this show too. It's, it's, I think the main, the main cool core thing about this show is just style. Like, it, it, everything encompassed the style they were going for. Leading films with this one just nailed it. Like, the Creepy Nuts, their music with it, the background music, all the insert songs they have for the series, um, the aesthetic of it, the style of the characters, the nightlight, the colors, everything that they chose for every scene, every backdrop, every... Uh, the, the, the actual, like you were mentioning, the vistas, the, the visual design for the backgrounds and everything all come together to culminate to make like a perfect show like through and through visually music presentation voicing character designs was perfectly crafted together to make one perfect pizza <laughs> it was it was it was just fantastic and i love it for that now outside of that the actual show itself the story and everything it's going for i admit hits me like this this co pretty much embodies me to a sense i have a lot of relating that I can do with Ko and a lot of the characters in the show itself. It is definitely going for this idea of different story beats for each character that all kind of encompass an idea of 
letting go of something or accepting something from either a human perspective of or a vampire's perspective. Early on, it's Ko and his nightlife and his um, being a night owl, avoiding the public day and all that kind of stuff, which I relate to. Like, for the longest time, I worked graveyard shifts. For the longest time, I used to be pretty much a night owl. I'm still technically a night owl. I do a lot of my work later at night because I want to avoid, you know, the busyness of the day. That kind of stuff, like, I, re- I relate to that. And again, technically working the the graveyard shift, just enjoying an empty street <laughs> in a bustling city was just, it's a different experience. Um, technically doing the car club stuff, we would drive around in the middle of the night as well. So um, I, I feel him in a lot of that regards. And avoiding the daytime and a lot of the responsibilities of it was really well portrayed. Um, Nazana is a dork. Dork. Yep. Absolute dork. <laughs> and I love her for that. <laughs> Um, I, I just get a kick out of the fact that her perspective, like she said, she, she lays out the fact that you technically have to le- fall in love with a vampire and then they bite you. But additionally, it, it takes that whole aspect of the offspring to like a very, <laughs> a very literal sense. And the idea that she feels like when she bites somebody, it's pretty much doing the deed in order to create offspring. So just him like going here, you can bite me. And he pulls down his collar. She goes, Whoa, what are you show me that you pervert? <laughs> like, She's a dork. She's a stupid dork. And so despite the fact that she's like super vulgar and she says like the most inappropriate things, when it comes to talking about creating offspring, she gets like super embarrassed. So it's like that contrast is absolutely hilarious. Did you ever did you ever catch anybody pointing out the fact that she has her neck covered? I think most of the time she does. Yeah, she she's her her outfit is is kind of she only unbutton it whenever she's going to do the deed. Yeah, her 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 outfit is kind of like on the edge right there but her neck is covered flat out covered <laughs> she's always reserved she's very reserved um but no she's a dork um and yeah she technically looks like toga from my hero academia which is fantastic i just love her design um definitely you could tell the 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 the, the designs of this mangaka really does have per, a preferred style um and it's interesting and it's very unique and i really do like it i i loved all the other characters that were kind of introduced like seri and midori and all them uh they were great even like towards the later part with onko was was pretty great as well um she reminds me of a certain character from made abyss first season she's uh she, <laughs> she's actually voiced by by virgo and i absolutely mordred. love that I... mordred come on <laughs> say mordred um but no i i, I think the other, the other one that really kind of hit me was was with Kiyosami, uh, Sumi, which is like this office worker that just she was at the end, you know, the it, she was at the edge, literally what she was. Like she just was trying to get away from work. Work was always overworking her. They were treating her terribly. And you have this moment where she gets a call and she just starts literally about hyperventilating. Like this is this thing that she just does not want to go back to. And it was a really cool moment. Like that that episode was so well portrayed because it was. It's pretty much similar to the rest of this, the stories they kind of present, and I, I I think the best way that I put it at some point was that this is like the um, what was it? What, how did I put it? it? Was like the 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 easiest pill but hardest to swallow. That's really how most of these stories end with. And again, I think sometimes it really just depends on having a human perspective to vampires or a vampire's perspective to humans. And this idea that everybody finds something they're struggling with, but the answer is technically simple. It's just they don't want to either they don't want to they don't want to acknowledge the answer. Or they just have never been told. And again, like I said, with particularly with the office worker, it's a case that she feels like she she's an adult and she has responsibilities and she can't avoid it. And she's getting she's getting to the edge. And then at some point, Kyo just says, "Here, come out to the street. Like walk out towards me. 
you could still do this thing. She she used to enjoy going out in the middle of the street and at night when it's all empty and just having fun because she's not supposed to. And he's kind of just showing her, look, you're you're an adult, but you can still do that. And I th- again, it's like it's those simple answers that are again either you you forget about them or you just you just it's difficult to swallow. Um, and I loved how it pulled that off. So yeah, visually, the music is amazing. Visual style is amazing. I. I Kind of for a while, I was looking at a few of the panels, and I noticed that they they kind of use empty backdrops a lot. But it's not always the case. But I did really feel like it's one of those cases where I almost feel like the anime is way way transcends the manga. Now, granted, I've I've flipped to the manga quite a bit. I do know there's quite a few stories they skipped, um, but I really do hope they go back to this series because there's a lot, <laughs> there's still a lot left. And I would love them to continue it because they're just doing a phenomenal job of adapting it. It just looks fantastic. So, yeah, I want more. It's it's amazing. I love it. Want more Nazana? I miss Nazana already. And yeah, the, the OP and EDs are like this is one of those few shows where every episode I watched it. <laughs> I watched both of them every episode and turned up the volume. Uh, creepy did and creepy nuts did some amazing music for this one. Uh, was was interesting to learn that the um, the name Call of the Night just technically came from the manga. The mangaka was making the show or this this manga, and then he wrote um, Creepy Nuts saying, "I just listened to this your latest song Call of the Night. I really enjoy your music. Can I use this for my manga?" And they agreed to it. So that's why it's called Call of the Night, and that's why Creepy Nuts, I guess, got involved with the anime. So good stuff, good stuff. Hopefully, hope, hoping for more. But yeah. yeah. Devil's a Part-Timer Season 2. Hataraku Mao-sama. Two explanation points. This one's streamed on Crunchyroll. Um, apparently, they already have a second part. and they, I think they mentioned it as being a second part of the second season. Or it could be a third season. I think it's they're saying specifically second part. But anyways, there's more coming in April. But uh, yeah. Being done by Studio 3 Hertz, which has replaced White Fox, unfortunately... It sources a novel. <laughs> the genres are comedy, fantasy, romance, supernatural. Uh, yeah, so the, for those that don't know, this essentially opens up with this one fantasy world and the, the demon lord is being attacked by the hero and her party, and eventually he has to flee. So the demon lord opens up a portal and flees through it with his right-hand man, and the hero decides to follow him through the portal. And, of course, that takes him to Japan. And in Japan, they're kind of having difficulty with their powers. Mao doesn't really have the same powers that he had before. So he decides to pretty much find a place to stay in Japan, get a job, hence the name, and <laughs> enjoy the daily life of a, a standard uh, burger joint worker living in a small apartment while having the dreams and ambitions eventually, hopefully, to to rise up as the Demon Lord once again. While the entire time, the hero is always keeping watchful eye of him to make sure he doesn't do anything in this world at the same time working as a uh, telephone operator. So yeah, <laughs> that's that's pretty much the idea. Going in the second season, we get the introduction of my first baby, which is Alas um, Ramos, and then eventually the divines come down, or the angels themselves, talk about this kind of shattered system of order that's kind of is is going to be an issue eventually and so they need to restore that order and then they go to a beach for some reason that part i didn't understand and then eventually it all kind of culminates towards the later part to this big epic finale which i did enjoy but yeah did you get a chance or do you have you even started on it oh yeah i started it i didn't finish it i'll i'll do my review in june whatever <laughs> do it in june 
<laughs> at the end of the 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 um, April broadcast. I get you. I get you. Um, I'm not going to spend too much time talking about the show because I don't want to sit here and dog on something. I I didn't enjoy the second season. I I think I've mentioned before with the first season, I enjoyed it. Like I enjoyed the first half of the first season. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Like they were nailing the fish out of water, the goofy, the goofy absurdity of a demon Lord living in Japan and actually enjoying living in Japan, (laughs) you know, naming his bicycle that he takes to work and all the absurdities of that. I loved like the whole situation with him having to go to the police uh, box and then they call up Emmy, who is the hero because he literally put her as like this guardian of his, (laughs) And she's, like, super embarrassed about being the hero that has to come bust out the Demon Lord. Um, all that stuff's fantastic. It wasn't like this. In the second half of the first season, it kind of started dropping off for me. It wasn't terrible, but it started dropping off for me. And I felt like going in the second season, it was just that same that same flavor. Like, just the – just it's absolutely mundane. And it's not the fun of no mundane. mundane. It's just mundane. Like, it's just there's nothing happening, and it just feels – kind of lifeless the entire series just kind of feels lifeless like there's nothing really happening and that's was that was a huge struggle for me and i I just never really it hasn't quite got back to that original love that i had for the series and i don't think it ever will and and it's kind of what makes me contemplate not getting back into it in april so i just don't feel like this show is really for me anymore like i thought it was for me because the first half the first season was fantastic but it it's never going to get there again. Like I don't, I've been waiting long enough and I don't think it's ever going to get back to there again. Like I mentioned earlier, technically I really did like the last episode of the season. <laughs> and for those that watch the show, will probably know why, but um, yeah. And I think the other problem that I'm having right now is that I, I, I think that the studio, the studio three hairs is just butchering the show. Like I've mentioned several times before the first season of the devil's part-timer is like what at this point 13 14 years old like it's really old but it still looks like better than 99% of shows you'll see in a year like it was that good visually like they did a fant- the white fox did a fantastic job of that show the action scenes were fantastic the character designs were great the character designs were always on model studio 3 hertz is butchering the show and chio i can st- i'm still i'm not going to let this go chio does not look like chio like sh- this she's the worst out of all of them i still think she's cute i love her now toyama love her to death but my gosh who like i i joked about it for the longest time for the first few episodes of the show i'm i kept going who is it oh it's chio like if you have a character where you literally go wait who's this and they're literally like one of the main characters of the show that's bad <laughs> that's really bad um but no, it's – and I think the biggest part was why that struggled for, so much for me is because I just recently watched the first season. So um, it's still fresh in the mind. But no, I I just I'm, – I'm not getting anything out of the show anymore, and that's the unfortunate thing. So shrug, sadly, shrug. Um, I, I still suggest it if you enjoy the first season, but it's I, – I, I still suggest the first season. Let me say that. And if you love the first season all the way to the end – you'll probably enjoy the second season. If you're like me, where you go to the first half of the first season, and you're like, okay, it was good, but now it's starting to, you know, peter off, you're probably not going to like the second season. <laughs> That's all I'll say. So, there you go. And it feels like it's all over the place. Like, I don't, even, I, I don't even understand why they're bringing up, they're bringing up a lot of different stuff that's not really playing out the way I think it was should. But, again, that might all resolve in the second part, because it's technically only first part. So, there you go. Devil's part-timer, second season. The maid I hired recently is mysterious, or Saiken Yatota Meidoga 
Ayashi. Did I say that right? Ayashi. Ayashi. <laughs> Are you sick of hearing Ayashi now? Yes. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I wasn't supposed to ask, answer that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Have you ever watched a show where it literally makes you hate a word? <laughs> That is this show. Uh, no. Um, streaming on Crunchyroll for 11 episodes, done by studio Blade and Silverlink, the sources of manga, the genres are comedy, romance, slice of life. And this course was done by the original creator of this series was uh, Wakame Konbo, who did The Great Jahi Will Not Be Defeated. And as such, the same director, studio, and everybody that worked on Jahi-sama worked on this one as well. It's the same team. Um, and the director was Mirai Minato, um, who also worked on Fake Clay, Leonard Prisma, Ilya, and Masamune Kun's Revenge. So yeah, this one opens up with a boy named Yuri, who is the son of this family that has a big mansion, has all these maids and butlers, but unfortunately at some point his parents passed away, and he's left alone in this mansion. Well, seeing that he doesn't have quite the finances and the ability to keep it all running himself, he decides to let all the butlers and maids go, so leaving him alone completely in this house. He tries to kind of handle it all himself um, for a while, but... Eventually, come knocking on his door is this lady named Lilith. And Lilith is a maid that came to see him after learning that the, his parents passed away. And she doesn't quite tell him at that first off, but she kind of offers to him, look, can I be a stay-in maid? So she works there for free, but she's given a place to stay, um, which he denies for a while, but then eventually accepts. And then this kind of turns this whole thing where she's keeping the place going serving him and the entire time he's going for some reason whenever you come in the room my chest starts hurting you must have poisoned my food didn't you or why are you even here you're very suspicious you're plotting something aren't you because he's a little kid and he's a dummy so because <laughs> he's a little kid and he's a dummy <laughs> hence the ISG thing he's constantly ISG. says suspicious ISG so what do you think of recently the maid I hired recently is unusual I mean um the 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 the, the maid with 50 moles is unusual or mysterious I okay. I think this is actually one of those few that it's kind of an odd twist where how the heck I got through the first couple of episodes of Ayashi is amazing. Um eventually he does and, and and to be fair, and me and me and Andrew both or Andrew pointed it out and I and I agreed, yes, somewhere along the lines the Ayashi does chill out. It never happens again. I'm like, I'm just waiting for it to happen. It's like at some point you just get like PTSD. Yeah. Where he's like, he's going to say it again, isn't he? Every time he just looks over at her, he's like, he's going to say it, isn't he? He didn't, he, he, he didn't say it. And you're like, I'm breaking. Why didn't, why didn't you breaking. say it? Why didn't you say it? Like, like you have to make a recording on your phone so you can play it whenever he doesn't. It, 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 it's kind of funny that when all is said and done, I think this, this show is absolutely adorable. So, so please don't get me me wrong. Um, I do, um, I had this aspect of, for a very long portion of the show, the one thing I wanted to know the most was why Lilith came to help Yuri. I assumed that at some point they would get to it. I just was not expecting it to be literally the last episode. Um, and I literally, after this was all said and done, I said, why, why did we have to wait this long to get this? It, 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 I she. Because I she, exactly. 
Um, yeah, and you have to let, you don't get it. You're supposed to be suspicious of her as well. <laughs> if they reveal that early on, then you'll never be suspicious of her. It's it 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 made me wonder to myself. Literally, would it have mattered if if it had happened at the beginning? If I had gotten that explanation at the beginning of the show, would it have changed anything? I literally, it, and it's not how the how the story wanted to play it don't don't get me wrong that that's the writer the creators and everything like that i literally was questioning myself does it really matter God, that it was him at the questioning himself <laughs> does it really matter that 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 particular reveal was saved until literally the last episode because i i think it made all the sense in the world. It was a fantastic explanation. And at the same time, I was really frustrated that I had to wait that long for it. Did it change the cuteness of the, the Ayashi and Lilith? And, and it did give me uh, a lot of understanding of uh, Lilith in, in a lot of respects. So I, 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 I do love it for that. It was to me, it was an excellent explanation of her, motivations and this is the and, and so it makes me wonder um but all in all i i liked the show i thought it was the the colors were a little bit bleached to me um artwork was fine i think lilith looked fantastic um the characters i think were goofy fun a lot of uh i i enjoyed uh a lot of this uh the character interactions so yeah all in all i liked the show a lot. That was a lot to say that this show is basically hot tan made. What 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 is this other stuff you're talking about? It, I don't it, I don't recall anything that I, else I, happening in this show besides hot tan made. <laughs> That's literally the only thing. No, I will say that I I don't agree with it being like some huge payoff with the backstory or at least it. I don't think it was a her. Pay, I don't think it was a. Payoff. I, I think it's the the problem I have with her that whole thing. It's it's literally the the, the life de- devotion for saying Kide once. It's like I. Don't really buy that being like some driving force for this girl, but I understand it at the same time. I think what the only thing that was really in that whole thing that was decently cool was her explanation of why she didn't say. I think that was cute. Like she wanted she wanted him to figure it out, which I thought was interesting because she didn't want she didn't want to say it. She wanted him to kind of figure it out. I don't want to go into any further details. It's not a huge spoiler, but at the same time, I thought it was cool. But I, I, I think overall. It's this isn't a great show. I do I do give them a lot of credit for pulling off what they did because it does seem like the show is not that high budget. Um, I didn't really expect it to be high budget, uh, but at the same time when they when the quality needs to be there, which is obviously Lilith, <laughs> it's there. She looks fantastic. Um, I was surprised how much I enjoyed Sukasa, uh, his his school friend. She's an absolute dork. She's super thirsty. Uh, she looked like the, the most thirsty thing in this freaking show. Yes. Um, the other maid, Natsumi, was great. I thought she was I thought she was quick. Well, she's soon dead, so Andrew's going to like her a little bit. Um, she's one of the few Jaws teeth persons that I don't despise them when I see her. Um, yeah, Yodi was annoying at first. He was super annoying. I did get it. I always, I early on, I did get a huge kick out of the fact that it was in his stupidity as a young, dumb kid that completely threw Lilith off. Like here comes this girl coming in. She's super hot. Again, tan girl, tan maid, beautiful eyes, moles in more places than we probably can count. And literally two moles on her one eye, because why do one when you can do two? 
um, mole on chest and everything. And she comes in here and she literally every now and then will try to flirt with him. And then he completely just makes it backfire on her by saying the stupidest childish thing. And she cannot take it. <laughs> like, again, technically she's like, oh, yeah, I did poison the food with my love. I knew it. You poisoned the love. That's why I cannot stop thinking about you day and night. She's like, dang it. What? <laughs> and she started blushing like crazy. It was cute. I will admit, though, over a while, it's like it got old. It got old real quick. I think, again, Sukasa does add a nice addition to the chemistry um, in the show and does kind of help it stagger along. But overall, I can admit the show just it's kind of the same just for most of the show. It's, it's the same punchline over and over again. I will say that later on it gets more focused on, again, him not being as Ayashi uh, with her as normal, but it was still kind of there. The, the I think the only thing that really puzzles me is, I'll be perfectly honest, when this show was first announced, I did recognize Lilith. <laughs> And I quickly looked into, like, why I recognized her, and there is a lot of really good art of her out there, especially, technically, a lot of it from the manga itself. And I was a little bit puzzled by the fact that they kind of cut all that. And when you have a series that, yes, part of its allure was Lilith and as a character, and then you pretty much censored it to being... I mean, this show is literally like daytime kids television show levels of censorship. Like, there's just barely anything showed here. The most you're going to get is the upper chest. And that kind of puzzles me. Because this is literally your selling point. <laughs> this is, I mean, even with Jahisama, it was pretty risque. For some reason, the same studio and everything doing this one as well. Same work, same creator, same director, same studios. And you're... Like, there was one specific scene where she's trying to figure out what she was going to wear at this one point, and she's doing, like, different outfits in front of her mirror. At some point, she gets, like, flustered, like, I don't know what to wear, and she doesn't have anything on behind this one dress that she's holding up at the time. And she literally plops on the ground, it cuts angles, and she's in her full maid outfit again, which literally takes probably ten minutes for her to put on. And it's like... The manga, she just falls on the ground with what she's wearing. I don't know why they're being so censored with this show. It doesn't make any sense. So that was that was a huge letdown for me because, yes, it's partly ecchi. Yes, it's partly hentai. Um, but it's more of an aspect of that was – that's that's the art. Like that's – that's she's art right there. And it's a little bit puzzling that they were going so far out of the way to censor this show. Um, from the st- studio site, I'm not saying Crunchyroll. Oh my gosh, let's make a let's make another YouTube video about how Crunchyroll is censoring the maid I got hired recently. This is the studio. The studio adapted it this way, and it's kind of a letdown because again, Lilith is a really great character design. Um, but anyways, it's enough being purry. That's that's the maid I hired recently. Oh yeah, I also hate the music. <laughs> I hate the music. Oh my gosh, how many times can you play the same jingle? Over and over I joke with Chris at some point that I realized and I couldn't unhear it. If anybody ever watched the show or just go back and watch an episode and you'll hear this. You can't unhear it. You know the whole the more you know jingle? Dun 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 dun. Now watch the show with that in your mind. It's like there's this one song that plays over and over again in the show and it's like dun 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 dun. It's like, oh my gosh, it's the song. It's that jingle. I realized why I didn't hear it. And why I never noticed it. It's because I Was have... picking up on speakers because there's too much bass? No, I, I have my, my volume too low. Oh. Uh, yeah, it's very, it's very subtle. So, 
There you go. But yeah, there's, 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 there's like two songs in the entire show, and they play it over and over again. It's like at some point I was like, holy crap, I can't unhear this song. And now I realize how often they play the same damn song over and over again. So, yeah, that's the made I hired recently is Mysterious. Good stuff, good stuff, good stuff. A couple cuckoos is our next one. Our Koko no Inazuke. This one streamed on Crunchyroll, ran for an terrible 24 episodes. Please, it should have been one season or one core. Uh, studio is Synergy SP and Shinny Animation. The source is a manga. This one is our comedy romance. The chief director on this one is Hiroaki Akagi, who te- did Teasing Master Takagi-san. Rakugo Shinju's episode one and those Snow White notes. Series composition by Yasuhiro Nakanishi, who did Hanako-kun, Kaguya-sama Love is War, Irodoku, and Carol on Tuesday. And the original creator is Miki Yoshikawa, who did Yamada-kun and the Seven Witches, which I forgot. Should have done another season of that show. Just <laughs> done another season of that show, please. Why did that get one core and this one got two cores? I'm I'm already getting into my review. Uh, did 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 you watch this show? This was one of the ones that I let go. I thank goodness for yourself. <laughs> Well, this one opens up with a guy named Nagi, who is apparently heading to go to where his parents are at this diner uh, because they're going to be meet up with his actual parents. Um, turns out that he was switched at birth. Oops. Um, but on the way there, he ends up running into a girl named Erika, who looks like she's about to fall off a bridge. Um, he tries to go help her, and then she somehow takes a picture of him um, uh, upskirting her. So she ends up using that as blackmail in order to force him have to act like her boyfriend in order to stop herself from being engaged hmm hint hint but no (laughs) they end up going out and getting a bunch of pictures taken of themselves just around the town and different outfits just to kind of make it seem like they're actually indeed going dating and she's sending these pictures to her father eventually uh they head back to where the same place which is where they were going to meet up with their parents and kind of find out oh yeah by the way you are the two that were switched at birth and oh, by the way, uh, the parents have decided between themselves the best way that they can continue to see their children, despite the fact that they have to switch back to their root or their actual parents, is they're going to have them to get married. So they've they've hooked them up, they've made them, made them engaged. So arranged marriage. Anyways, uh, this kind of gets worse because one side, Erica's old parents, which are actually Nagi's parents, um, are really rich. So. <laughs> The father just sets them up with this nice big house that they can live in together um, just to kind of push them together more and so they can accept their marriage. But um, in the entire time that Nagi was growing up, Etika's actual parents, they're more of kind of a not well-off family. They have this little diner they take care of and they live above the, the diner and they've just kind of been just kind of getting along decently well with the money that they have. So it's basically poor kid that was switched at birth from the family that was actually the rich family and yeah, so on and so forth. And then over time you learn that Nagi's not liking the idea of being arranged marriage because he's actually really in love with this girl at his school, Hiro. And Hiro Sagawa is like one of the smartest girl in the school. And at some point he confessed to her and she's like, I don't like the idea of going out with somebody that's not, you know, as smart as she is. So they turn into this big old competition about who can get the top of the grades in school. And eventually if he can, get number one he can then confess again to her and then sister is in love with nagi obviously because we have to throw in the sister into the harem yeah um i didn't like this show 
Um, I it's kind of one of those harem shows that has some stupid hook, the key, the the picture from their childhood, trying to remember which, trying to figure out who was the one from their childhood that they fell in love with, kind of thing. There's this one hook in the story that gave off a little bit of hint that there's something interesting here. Like early on, it was all about Erica saying. I'm actually searching for something. The reason why I'm doing all this social media stuff is because I'm trying to get the attention of somebody. I'm trying to find this person. And at some point, Nagi asks her, who are you looking for? And she's like, I can't tell you unless you're really ready because it's going to change your life. It wasn't that interesting. <laughs> and there was this other thing, like this picture. At some point, they reveal a picture. And this picture is very fascinating. What is this picture all about? Not that interesting. Um, they, keep, they keep doing this stupid thing where it goes, there's something here. And you just got to wait to see what this is because it's going to blow your mind and it's never interesting. And to top it all off, this show had really no conclusions. I think my biggest issue I have is there's there's two aspects of that I don't like about this show. One, it's a harem that doesn't just doesn't do it right. Like the chemistry between this group, this harem isn't great. Like the chemistry is just not there. Etika is a rich ditz. And she's always a rich ditch. Like, she's she doesn't know that a shelf is not a chair. She doesn't know that an apartment is not a shed. She doesn't know that a bus is not a taxi. Like, this girl is super dumb. And she's not, like, she's locked up in her mansion all the time. She's outgoing, but she's super ditzy. And Hiro, despite the fact that I want to love her, because she's voiced by now Toyama... All she cares about is competing, and yes, you, you, you get every now and then the cute side of her, which is not worried about that stuff, but for the most part, it's just her being competitive all the well, time. When she was, when she, when I was watching it at night and, and she was revealed, I was like, she is by far, I, I, I was so disappointed with her because I wanted to like her so much, and when her, her introduction and, and I, her, rivalry she goes into this long rant about being a rival with him and it and it was like oh no and she's not i don't know uh-uh this wasn't gonna work at all for for me and and the sister was cute but yeah and i think with with hiro sagawa sagawa the the cool thing about her i would say if, she's probably the most complicated of all the characters honestly like this is the one that they it seems like they put the most writing into because yes on surface and it seems like she always just cares about competition there is another side to her that feels more genuine so you can kind of make an argument that that is all a front to what she really does want um like the competition is the excuse and i do like that aspect of her but again it doesn't take away from the fact that we're just always worried about competing every time she's on the screen um unless they want to get suddenly serious which every now and the show wants to do to act like it's an it's a slice of life romance um, but yeah, the, and the sister is just, it's just a con. There's nothing really to that one. I can't say too much about that one. There was a little bit of cute aspect, the idea of her finally being connected to a sister she always wanted, which I thought was cute, but that was like literally half an episode. Um, it, it, it has like a little brief moment to each character to do something with them, but for overall, like the chemistry is just not there. These characters are just kind of boring. And then to add on to the top of that, it feels like, at the end of the show, like I didn't, I didn't feel like anything got done. Like it's one of those endings where it's just kind of like, oh, so it's over. Okay, the characters are the same. Like, like literally, if you showed somebody the last episode and show, show if you show somebody the last episode and the first episode side by side, you would not tell any different. Like these these characters don't grow, they don't change. There's no significant growth of the characters. It's just, it's just not. 
it's not good writing. Like it's almost it's like rent a girlfriend, but without annoying main character. It's literally it. It, it, technically there is some funny aspects to rent a girlfriend um there's actually some, uh, like two decently dramatic beats in rent a girlfriend this is nothing the entire time um i just couldn't get into it there you go i don't i <laughs> I, I got 12 episodes and for some reason at that point i'm like i just might as well finish it and i i i still to this day what two weeks out highly regret wasting my time on the show so yeah that's that's a couple of cuckoos. There you go. That happened. Please don't give us another season. It, and it's gonna get. You know, it's gonna get a second season. <laughs> like all this stuff, that one will probably get a second season. Like I said, give us another Yamada Kun Seven Witches. That was a good show. Like why not that show? Why not that one? Uh, moving on, Hanabi Chan, the girl who popped out of the game world, or Hanabi Chan wa Okurekachi. This one's straight on Crunchyroll for 12 episodes, four-minute shorts. Uh, the studio is Gaina. The, store, the source is a manga, and the genres are comedy. I'm surprised that the source is a manga. I just figured it was a, it was source was Konami or something. Mm-hmm. Or is it Konami? Yeah, Konami. Anyways, um, yeah, it's it's pretty much this guy get like inherits a uh, a pachinko place, and then he goes in there, and there's a girl in it. And she's one of the machines. She's turned into a human. And then over time, he runs into other girls that are pachinko machines of some sort. Anthropomorphized <laughs> pachinko and machines. And one befriended a bear. <laughs> and then they ran into more I think the bear is a, is a machine as well. No, he could was be just wrong. a bear that she found in the forest and then uh. beat him up. And then <laughs> he became one of the clerks. No, I think he's security. That too. And then <laughs> there's another pachinko place, and I think they have girl machinko. I don't know. But yeah. Taco. She 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 makes um Takoyami, I think. Yeah, Natoyama. <laughs> She's Natoyama. So you're why'd you watch this and why did it make me watch it? I didn't make you watch it. You said you watched it, so I went and watched it. So I watched it fault. so you wouldn't have to watch it. <laughs> you watched it so it, it was I had a to watch short. It. Shut up! It wasn't. It, That's not like, like it hurt you. Forty minutes, <laughs> forty-eight. Well, I technically like I don't know forty without the op and ed. Like for some reason they had to put op and edd. Yeah, the the, the op was like, like a, a minute. minute and a half, and the and no, the like ed was like thirty each. seconds. They were like thirty each. <laughs> At least they were different every time. Yeah, well, one of them was. I think the uh, what are we the, doing here? I don't know. <laughs> I basically you you just did the review. It, yeah, that's that's what that's happened. That's what happened. <laughs> it's it, why it's, why does this exist is my question mark. It, it was fine. Let's I, make, I mean, no no it's it, not it, it, it fine. wasn't it wasn't this is funny. An, this is it an insult insult to everybody who loves anything gaming wise because everything we love and cherish becomes pachinko machines and they don't bother with making more games. It's why we don't have more Metal Gear Solid is because pachinko machines. (laughs) Why make cute girls out of pachinko machines, which is a stain of existence? Nobody likes pachinko machines except for sad, lonely, old old salarymen (laughs) that smoke a lot of cigars. What are we doing here? I don't know. I, it didn't hurt me. I, I was fine with it. it did, I, I don't think it was particularly... Why was the last episode so tragic? <laughs> because they, they had to make it 
touching. Like, why I, I know when we're talking about a kid it, dying my, and he wants to shoot fireworks for him. My review is this. I didn't find it funny. I thought it was fine. It I didn't do a anything. Times. I, I, I did I, I it, there was it the was, part where like he was overworked, so like uh, versus like comes up side next to him and just like knocks him out and goes, "Oh wait, what's what's wrong? You're falling over." It's like that was kind of funny. I I thought that the the shooting the fireworks and and the police coming to arrest the they the come guy. by like every two <laughs> seconds. The fireworks, the bear. But yeah, it it that that it, it it was fine. It didn't do anything special. It, it just pachinko machines. Yeah, it was making like, fun of pachinko machines. That's really what it was. Yeah, that's what it was. It, it felt like like half of it was just making fun of like aspects of pachinko machines, and then half of it was like advertising pachinko machines, which I didn't think was legal. But they pulled it off, so I guess they they're they're legal. So yeah, if you ever want to know about pachinko machines. And you want to learn about them and cute Moe girls? There you go. And apparently some of them have um, insecurities about their chest size as pachinko machines when they're now, all technically flat. What what I did get out of this was a really fantastic artwork of Hanabi-chan. I think she looks great in that uh, that op- that ED um, picture. I thought that looked good. There you go. Chris got some artwork. It'll be on his desktop at some point. Probably. Kuma Bear was good. The bear was cool. There you go. Yeah. Um, I'm quitting heroing the OVA. The work trip is first and foremost a learning opportunity. Um, This is an OVA that was done for the property. I'm quitting heroing. I don't – I put this in the list, but at the same time, I don't want to talk too specific about it because technically the show itself is a – there's an element to the original series. I do still suggest the original series. I was let down by the ending. But there was it was a cool series, so I don't want to get into much details and to spoil that because it de- technically does have a pretty heavy dramatic beat towards the end of it. Um, for those that watched the original series and wondering if the OVA was worth it checking out, it's a two-episode series or two-episode OVA. I think they're like 15 minutes each, so it's not a huge investment. It's pretty much a, an episode. Um, I think for the longest time, my struggle with the OVAs is that they released the first one like – two months before the second one <laughs> and they're technically like they lead into each other like it's all one story um i will say i think it was a really good ova i do highly recommend people that checked out the original series for those who don't know what it is essentially it's a the hero who defeated the demon lord and he goes back to the kingdom and the kingdom basically says okay now that the biggest threat's gone now you're the threat you're dangerous we don't need you here go away you're as bad as you're you're a monster basically and he essentially get kicked out and it he goes back to the Demon Lord, basically saying, hey, they kicked me out. I need a job. Can I work for the Demon Lord? Let me help you rebuild the Demon Army. And it gets into some really, really cool concepts. I Again, I really suggest people check out the original series. Um, but again, the OVA, what I liked about the OVA is it's kind of what we didn't really get in the series. It's kind of a it's kind of a little bit of an after story. It, but it does really um, kind of take the characters and put them in a more casual setting and I really enjoyed it for that. I just thought the shenanigans in it was just something we didn't really get too much of. Because, let's be honest, the I'm quitting heroing for the second half of the entire series. It's heavy. And it's getting into heavy subjects. So, to finally, with the OVA, get to see the characters really unwind was really refreshing. I really did enjoy seeing the characters again. Um, because I, I honestly really enjoyed the series a lot. So, seeing them again was definitely worth it. And it was a cute, fun little little story so i highly suggest it if you again watch the original series 
definitely go find the OVAs. Technically, they're all on High Dive. So you're going to watch it on High Dive to watch the original series, and you can go right into the OVAs. So they're all available, and I, uh, they were definitely worth it. I agree. I, I I I really did like this as an after story, getting getting kind of them, like Andrew had mentioned, kind of um, dressed down and, and really get into— And put on animal ears. Yeah, and, and put on animal <laughs> ears. Um, getting them in a more uh, comfortable setting with each other, especially some of the characters which you've never technically really seen them uh, interact. So, yeah, I, I, I do really like that. Yeah, yeah. Check that out. Check that out. Check that out. Um, Alpharetta, the OVA, which is Phantom Adventure and Miraculous Encounter. This one was on Crunchyroll. They just released it as well. Um, I think it was like total 40 minutes OVA. They broke it up in two episodes on Crunchyroll for some reason. Um, but it was done by Osprey again. It's, um, yeah, so this is technically very necessary. If you guys have watched the first two seasons, this apparently is supposed to be like a story in between now and the third season. So obviously me, for some reason, still watching the show. <laughs> I did check it out. Did you check it out? Yes. Good, good, good. Um, I was not expecting to what we got, and I don't know how important this is. It's kind of like, this is one of those OVAs where you kind of wonder, wonder if it's even canonical. Because the way that the, for, I guess to give a brief idea what it's about, essentially we're at the point now where Hajime and team is about to leave Mew behind. Mew was my first babies uh, for Offeretta, which they met in the second season and they brought her home. And now he's about to leave Mew behind at her home and they go out and they just have this quote unquote adventure together. And eventually that gets them swept up into this other dimension where they end up running into some very interesting characters. <laughs> Um, and which I guess we can mention with some soft spoilers here. I don't think it's huge spoilers, but I think if you are interested in the series, you'll probably not want to know, but they do run in some very interesting characters. And like I said before, the way that kind of wraps up this OVA kind of makes it feel like you don't know if it's canonical or not, but it technically is. They do specify that it, they seen growth. Like they said that they felt growth, but at the same time, they're not acknowledging what exactly happened. So, it's interesting. Like, I, I, I honestly didn't really think I was going to get much out of the OVA, but when I finally realized who they ran into, I was like, wow, that's kind of interesting. Like, because that was, like, one of the initial draws that I had to the series was the Labyrinths and what his his path is to getting out of this particular Isekai world. For those who don't know, it's an Isekai. whole class goes to Isekai. Some believe that it, the way to get out of it is this direction. Hajime gets pretty much nearly killed and finds his own path. More nasty CGI monsters, which I'm not too much a fan of, but we did get lots of uh, hoo hoos. Oh, uh, oh ho ho! <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dude, I, at some point, mentioned the idea. What was it that uh, Ramia was like the wife of all houses or something like that? They they basically implied this girl gets around. <laughs> like, well, they, 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 is that a bad translation? Or are they literally saying this chick is literally the neighborhood bicycle? Um, everybody loves Ramia, and yeah. But she only has one. There's only one Papa, though. Uh, so what do you think? I, I, I'm I actually in, in kind of the same boat as you. I, I, I'm I really mixed on it. I don't know how. I mean, I love the 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 characters that were introduced. Let's just say that. I, I thought I thought it was absolutely hilarious seeing um, one in was, particular. I think it was the character. most chemistry we've had in the show in a long time. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> everybody and their and everybody and everybody hates, everybody the, one hates the one girl, and it's like, 
Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. And 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 it's it's Not funny just because hate, they want to kill her. <laughs> they, I, I and I'm sitting here going r- running rummaging through my my memories of what I I I know that I I'm pretty sure I know which um which part that she's in relation to and and it's and some of them are are a little bit more because that w- particular one I it, it's 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 funny how you you kind of remember certain things about that, but at the same time, it's like I'm not really sure. And, and it's funny because when when all is said and done, after everything was done with this this episode or these episodes, I I came away really mixed. I think it was cool to get the the kind of the the mix between the two groups and and kind of the significance of the two two groups for those of you who have watched it you understand why i'm trying really hard to be careful about this it was a convenient it was a convenient encounter yeah and having those two groups and how they um basically have powered each other up um that's kind of neat um but was it necessary did did this actually help anything in the in the furthering of the story when literally at the end of it they go, what happened? <laughs> so that's what I said. I don't know if you, I don't even. It, it almost makes it like it's not canonical. Uh, so I got a kick out of the fact that they at some point they were trying to parallel the groups. Like, oh well, obviously this guy is pretty much Hajime. And oh by the way, this girl is obviously UA. And then at some point it gets down the line. And it's like okay, this. this all three of these people talk to this one. <laughs> this one talked. They're just trying to figure out who would power up who, and who would give the who would give some sort of pointer to somebody to make them stronger. And it was like at some point, I'm like, sure, some she have found somebody to talk to. Yes, <laughs> because like I said, it, it literally felt like they were trying to parallel them in the respect of oh, obviously they would learn something from this person. This person obviously does play out similar, or they kind of are in the same boat. So, sure. I guess, but no, it was, it was fun. I, I, I did enjoy it again, aside from what has been kind of the stain of Afrata for a long time now, which is bad CGI, but outside of that usual terrible part of the series, it was, it was a, it was a shock. It was a surprise to me because I wasn't expecting it at some point, literally when we get to the point where they finally start to go, Oh, you're this person. I go, Huh? And I had to actually look it up because I did, literally did not know who they were talking about. But it all, I'm like, did I miss a season? Because Hajime and Yue are super mad at this person. And I don't know why they're super mad at this person until I looked it up. And I'm like, oh, okay. I get it now. <laughs> like, I understand now. <laughs> uh, I like, they, they literally hate all of them but that one guy. And they're like, I feel bad for that one. Like, it, it's literally, we despise and want to kill her. This one's got like some maid fetish, and oh yeah, by the way, this one, um, we just feel bad for him because he had to deal with the other ones. It was it was goofy. So yeah, that's um, Afreta Phantom of Adventure of America's Con. I think it's one of those things of like if you're watching Afreta, you have to watch it. If you're not watching Afreta, what do you care? <laughs> what do you care? You watch it if you decide to watch the series. Uh, but I think it I, again. I don't know if it's canonical. But at the same time, they do technically say they gain something from it, so it's gotta be canonical. Um, but again, maybe it's something they they'll probably obviously bring it up later on. So maybe they'll eventually realize what happened. So there you go, there you go. It was all a dream. Tokyo Mew Mew New. This one was streaming on High Dive, ran for twelve episodes, done by Yumita Company and Graphinica. 
based off of a manga, of course, by Reiko Yoshida, who's known for doing um, a lot of great works such as Hikei Story, tons of QAnon works um, alongside Nao- uh, Naoko Yamada. And uh, yeah, so this is, of course, a re-adaptation of the manga series. We had a 50-some, 52-episode series that was adapted quite a while back. Uh, apparently, they decided that they wanted to do it again, so they did Tokyo Mimi New, and so they readapted it. They're going to do without the fluff. This is a completely take out all of the... Because this is like uh, 33 chapters manga. <laughs> and in order for them to make 52 episodes, they put a crap ton of filler into the series. Um, so this is a re-adaptation, kind of like Sailor Moon Crystal, where they're just going to do just the manga. No filler. And so, thankfully, they already have a second core announced for the series. So that'll pretty much adapt the rest of it. Because this first core pretty much covers 17 of the 33 chapters. So another core will easily finish the series. So, um, yeah. For those who don't know, it essentially follows a girl named Ichigo. She's starting a new year in school. Love is in the air. She's realizing that everybody around her is pairing up. Like, love is everywhere. And so she's really desperate to, you know, find her loved one, the one that she's going to get crushed with. And she eventually bumps into, or oversees, uh, Aoyama, who is this boy that's part of the kendo club. And she immediately falls in love with her, just like everybody else in that doorway. And <laughs> so she tells her friends, you know, look, I'm, I'm, I'm after this one guy. I'm, I'm kind of crushing on him. And they're like, uh, that dude's out of your league. Everybody wants him. But they all, you know try to help her out by trying to find out what he likes and to figure out how he, she can possibly get a date with him. Eventually, a girl named Mint shows up out of nowhere, gives her some tickets to this uh, kind of this exhibit for endangered species because come to find out, Aoyama is really big about preservation and saving uh, animals that are going extinct. And so she takes these tickets to Aoyama and says, hey, there's an exhibit. I would like to go with you. And he's like, ah, sure, that'd be great. I'd love to go to that. I wanted to go to that kind of thing. Well, come to find out, the reason that she got this ticket and many other girls got the same ticket is because Mint is a part of this organization that is trying to get them all gathered in one location so that uh, these two dudes inside of this unmarked van can, you know, eject this huge ray gun to zap them all with DNA of extinct animals and make them into Mew Mews. So they all get zapped and then they have to fight against alien forces that are attacking the world. And so Ichigo, along with many others, transform into the Mew Mews, and they fight bad aliens. And, um, yeah, over time, Ichigo goes around and gathers all the new members. We have, again, Mint was already a part of the group. Technically, in the manga, Ichigo has to recruit Mint, so that was kind of a change they did. Um, <laughs> and she's kind of a, a, a well part of a well-off family, a family that kind of wants to push her into doing these certain things at some point they want her to go overseas to study. Um, so there's a lot of responsibilities upon her life and what her life choices are. Yeah. Pudding, who's just kind of a, a goofy, uh, circus act all the time. She joins the group. Uh, lettuce is this one girl that is bullied a lot and doesn't have much self-confidence. And then there's Zuckero, who is this famous actress that mint is absolutely in love with that, um, wants to do her own thing. She doesn't need part of a team. Your thoughts? Loved it. Um, I really do um, think that this is a fantastic take on this this uh, readaptation. Um, I do truly enjoy the kind of effectively a nostalgia trip that I really did get out of this. Um, watching this just absolutely hit all those vibes of the old style um, magical girls while still giving it this nice, clean... Uh, uh, 
revamp of the newer style, which is exactly what I was hoping for. And so I got all that. Um, I really did love the voice acting, um, even though it does sound a little bit off. Um, I think that they really did kind of fall into their own when they finally got kind of warmed up and used to what they were doing. Um, so I, 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 all in all, I, I think it was a fantastic show. Yeah, I think a lot of it's got to do with nostalgic. That's like whenever I talk to people about the series, it's like I have to put a pre-warning. It's like this was this was my Sailor Moon when I was growing up. I, I, did, I wasn't a huge fan of Sailor Moon. I love this and Shugo Chara and Carcaptor Sakura and Tokyo Mimi was like its own thing because it was kind of it kind of did the the whole romance thing a little bit differently than the other ones did um now granted it still has that little bit of meatball head aspect to Ichigo that she's super obsessed with Aoyama but at the same time she doesn't quite act the same way um it seems like all the guys want to mess with her but at the same time I I think it's played a little bit differently because I think there's a Aoyama is and I, I hope they do it well but Aoyama is kind of a different – he's not a tuxedo mask. He is not a Darian. He, he's, he's got his own kind of quirk and thing that he's dealing with at the same time that makes him a little bit different. And I always really enjoyed that romance between Ichigo and, and Aoyama. Not to say this is like a romance series. It's just it was a, again, cute girls with, with animal ears and stuff fighting bad guys and cute little crushing happening with Ichigo and Aoyama. That was kind of the initial draw that I had the original series. I just love the artwork and the characters and the goofiness. Um, I, I will admit, I think the only thing that really did have me a little bit downed with this particular adaptation is that it felt like they kind of cleaned things up quite a bit. There, the old, the old magical girls had a little bit of an aspect there of showing, being a little bit borderline to showing a little bit of skin and stuff like that. And it seems like they kind of touch things up in a way like lettuce now has a skirt and stuff like that. So they're really trying to make it less, less appealing to more of a broader audience, which is fine. But at the same time, it was a little bit of a letdown and mainly because there's a lot of comedy to have with a lot of that stuff. There's one aspect they still left in it. Like the having Shogane trying to show Ichigo where her mark is. that shows that she's a Mew Mew. They still left that one in there, which again is that little edginess that is comedic while taking other aspects out, like the whole bunny outfits going into the studio to find Zakura, which was technically not in the original anime either. So, um, but other than that, no, I, I appreciate the work they did with this visually looked great. The animation was great. Um, again, getting it without all the filler in there, getting the story beats. I think the way they turned certain things, certain storylines around the timeline actually helped. I did appreciate having mint a part of the group first and then getting mints storyline kind of mixed in with her own insecurities and struggles with Sakura which I thought was a really good way of turning things around to really hit those story beats better. So it seems like they're even, let's be honest, the original manga is like super simple. <laughs> like if you ever worry the original manga, it's like six panels and is an episode. Like they just, it just jumps all over the place, gets to the points, ending, done. Um, so there's a lot of gaps they have to fill even with the adaptation. And I think they're doing a great job with it. Um, and yeah, like Chris mentioned, the voice acting did a great job, despite the fact that they're all, literally new seiyus. Um, I will say that Pudding was a little bit, sound a little bit off whenever she wasn't super hyper ganky, but whenever she was super hyper ganky, she nails it. And all the rest of the characters meant, um, especially Ichigo. Ichigo did a great job with her voicing. So um, really, really good. Like I said, I'm not going to sell people on this. This is not like a groundbreaking magical girl here, but I think it's one of my favorite magical girls and I have a lot of nostalgia for it. Um, even though I will admit that it's not like it's, 
this isn't doing crazy storytelling here. This is, yes, still in the end of the day, this is <laughs> a, a children's show in a sense. It's for a younger audience. And so it is very simple story here. But this is the kind of stuff that I grew up with. So I really enjoyed it. So, yep, that's Tokyo Mew Mew. Definitely uh, still a favorite of mine. Kakagori Twin. This one streamed on Netflix, ran for six episodes, done by Studio Mappa, based on a spin-off manga of this Kakagururi series. Uh, genres are psychological and school. Uh, but yeah, like I said before, this is technically a spin-off of the original series. For those who don't know what the original series is, it's basically this this school where everything is decided by gambling. It's just it's like everybody's worth and everything is based on how much money you have, how much money you put down, and what kind of winnings you get. So they did kind of emphasize in the original series about this aspect of pets, which are essentially people that go into debt. They become other people's pets. So they have to do everything they say. And that technically becomes like a core aspect of this particular spinoff series, which this is um, supposed to be a prequel story because in the, in the original Kakaguri, Kakaguri series, it opens up with this Yumiko that just starts going to the school and she helps out this guy named Ryota. Well, you, at some point she meets Mary well, this is a story that takes place before Yumiko joins the school. Mary is already there, and this is her first introduction to the school. And she quickly meets this pet named uh, uh, Suzura, and she helps her out. And then it goes to this whole process of Mary really wanting to create her own club room. Which, club room basically just means you have a place that you can set up gambling. And then people come to your club, and you can gamble with them and make a bunch of money. So she quickly... After getting Suzura, helping her out, she quickly goes to try to find a club that she can take over. She runs this one girl named uh, Yukimi and pretty much tries to take over her club. And what quickly happens is from that point, she can't, she catches the interest of the, the council. And one specific person named, um, I think it was, I don't know if it was um, Sachiko or, or Aoi. But Aoi basically in the end was supposed to be sent to take down Mary. But instead of taking her out, Aoi wants to recruit Mary. And what he wants to recruit her to is this big, like, secret group that he has that is essentially trying to get all of the pets freed. He wants they want to together amass their their um, their winnings to help free people from the pet. He doesn't like the pet system, and so he's trying to take it down. And this is a bigger picture of trying to take down the student council so they can get rid of the pet system. Um, so that's basically Mary being drug into that, but at the same time, she doesn't want to have anything to do with it. <laughs> like, she just wants to do her own thing. She doesn't want to get involved. So that's basically the core story. And like most Kakagurity series, it's just a lot of different games. So each time, pretty much every episode, sometimes for multiple episodes, it's really a, much of the focus is on a particular game that they play, what the rules are in play, and yes, similar to these types of shows like No Game to Life and this how people cheat, <laughs> how people cheat and do they get away with it or can they get away with it? Um, that's, that's usually the big draw. I will say I, I watched the original Kakagori series. I did not end up watching the second season and I, I just never get, got time for it, but um, I never liked the Kakagori series mainly because derpy faces. The show just loves overly eccentric, eccentric, like, Again, like characters that look like they just relieve themselves. It's just, it's like every time I see them have that face on the screen, all I can think of is how, what does it smell like in that room? That's how bad it is. <laughs> and so I never liked that. I've never liked that. It's, it's never been an appeal to me. And I feel like it's 
slightly toned down with this one, even though it's still there pretty much in every episode. But I think the big draw that I had, of course, to this series specifically is Mary was my, one of my favorite characters in the original series, and she's obviously the main character here. Um, I don't feel like this is in any way, shape, or form tied into the original series because nothing really – it doesn't make sense how this would match up. Unless at some point towards the later part of this series, like, all but Mary gets kicked out of the school because these are all original characters except for, like, two characters in the show. Um, so I don't know if it's even logical for this to be a prequel story. It just feels like an absolute spinoff. If you like Mary, watch the show. And yeah, for that, I like it. Cause like I, like I said, I still, I do like Mary as a character. Um, most of the characters in the show I did enjoy and I did enjoy pretty much most all of the games they played. There was one game where it was like a dating game where like five boys on one side, five girls on the other side, and they win if they match up with the person they actually want to date. And then there's like this other aspect that you can choose to ramp up those winnings by saying that you're willing to go back to the hotel with them, basically. Um, it was it was probably my least favorite part of the entire season, or at least six episodes. But the rest of them was great. I, I did enjoy all the other competitions that they end up having. So it was a refreshing take on the Kakagoriri. Um at the same time. I would appreciate to see more of it just because I, I do like Mary as a character and it was it was technically getting into something interesting with the whole liberate the pets thing. So, yeah, it's a suggestion for me. Definitely, if you like Kakagoriri, definitely check it out. Um, if you don't like Kakagoriri, check it out because it feels slightly different. And I think I think it's mainly if you don't like – if you didn't enjoy Kakagoriri because you were a little bit put off by Yumiko, watch this one because it's a little bit more toned down, I think. So, yeah. That's uh, Kakagurui Twin. Kakegurui Twin. For those that are trying to figure out how, what I'm saying there. Because I think I just kind of rolled on one. <laughs> um, and that's it for the finished shows of the season. We do have two shows that are continuing on to the fall season. To give you a brief idea of what we're thinking about the series so far. I'm not going to super depth. Uh, especially since one of them is like three seasons in um the one that's three seasons in is uta ware ru mono i'm trying to say that phonetically that people can understand what i'm saying <laughs> again mask of truth again it's like the third series of the series um uh, being done by white fox uh streaming on crunchyroll for 28 episodes but um yeah the the first season was back in 2006 the second season was 2015 and now we're finally getting the third season and i have to say I had my struggle. I've, I mentioned this before. I have. I had my struggles with the second season. It felt like super harem-y, um, just kind of dumb bath scenes all the time. But uh, this this third season is really ramping things up. It obviously, it very obviously seems like things are coming to an end because it's technically coming to an end. But I've been enjoying it so far. I will say, like the beginning of this season, really ramped up to a really powerful moment. And then it kind of felt like it just kind of dwindled off because the focus kind of turned to, I guess, finally exploring some of the waifus. Like, it felt like every episode was like, okay, now it's Atui's episode. Okay, now it's <laughs> this care isn't it's Rutui's, um, uh, episode. It felt like each one of them, it was like, oh, yeah, by the way, we should probably get into their backstories and get into their families. Here's Nozuri's episode. Um, and then at some point, it kind of got done with all them. And now it feels. We've had, like, two times now where it feels like they're doing, like, the... 
it's like the golden saucer scene in Final Fantasy VII. Suddenly, it's like everybody enters the room and they go, uh, "So, what are you going to do in your future? <laughs> you should come by my home at the end." It's like it's it's literally almost feels like we're playing the game now, and it's asking us, "Who do you want to commit to at the end of the game?" Because now, whatever choice you make, that's your ending. Um, so it feels a little cheesy in that regard, but other than that, I, I've been really enjoying it. It really does feel like it's ramping up. Um, I'm getting a little frustrated with what they did to a specific character that's been pretty much around the series since the beginning of the first season or the second season. Other than him, my frustrations around what they're doing with that character, I've really been enjoying it, and I cannot wait to see how this kind of unfolds and ends. I, I, I really do feel like my statement about this being one of the best fantasy series of anime history, um, I still hold to it. Despite that it has these stumbling points, overall, I just really do love this world. I love the characters, I love the designs, um, and just, like, how how thick this show is. Like, this thick, this show is just, like, thick with lore and character and stuff. So, yeah. Cannot wait to see how it unfolds. We still have technically, like, 14 episodes, so... <laughs> Still, yeah. still, still, technically over half of a core left. So, how how's it been? How's it been working for you? I got to um, Nozomi's family uh, part, so I'm I'm a few episodes behind. But Nozori, Nozori, Nozori. I thought you said Nozomi. I was like, what? I I did. I I can't see from. It's kind of side crooked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, 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 what I've been watching, I have absolutely loved. Um, I haven't gotten to this golden saucer point, so hopefully <laughs> that doesn't door and ask if he'll stay with them. Hopefully that doesn't doesn't ruin everything for me. But so far, did you see the Atui part? No, Atui. you wouldn't have seen the Atui part, would you? I don't want to spoil it for you. But yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm loving it so far, and uh, I can't wait to see more of it. And, and like I, like. Like Andrew was saying, I I very much agree. This 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 show, the the only thing that I have always had a problem with this is is when they do do actually do do and when they do actually do, do this uh, lore dump, um, they they've always stumbled and fell miserably on the on the lore uh, side of things. But if you actually do dig into what they're trying to get into as far as lore is concerned it is there's a lot of just deep crazy stuff going on in a lot of the these things so i hope when we do actually get it uh because at the end of every uturara mono they always go into uh crazy lore stuff so hopefully they'll do decently this time i feel like midway through with the second season you liar it was like halfway through it no i i, I think I think the cool thing that happened here, like recently, is we finally got something out of Ururu and and Sarana because they they they've always felt like they're literally they're like Ram and Ram before they really get into Ram and Ram. They're just kind of stand there waiting for Master to do something and tell him to do something, and then suddenly on nowhere they decided to separate them, and then suddenly like bam, we're getting character development for them. It's like okay, cool, we're finally doing something with these two. They've always just been there, like they're like the the two belly dancer dressed out cute girls that always stand around them and it's like oh they're just kind of there as like a trophy cutesies but now they finally do something with them like i said they're, they're technically building each of the characters doing these backstories and showing their homelands and stuff like that trying to build up this army is really what they're doing um so there is purpose to each one of them but i i do i do chuckle a little bit at the idea that it feels like they're trying to do the whole 
who's who you're gonna go home with kind of thing at the end <laughs> if you're gonna be able to go home at this point that's the big question mark because they're really trying to flag him um with this curse so yeah that's um Utuaramano. i definitely definitely really enjoying it I, I like I said before. I think with my first impressions, I did struggle a little bit early on with the idea that Haku just doesn't really feel like he is like a hardened general, and then just it felt like snap fingers. He's now a hardened general. At the same time, I do like the aspect that they do address the idea of him kind of over ramping it. Oh gosh, you didn't see the recent episode? Balled my eyes out. By the way, um, mama, mo- they had a mama moment, and it, it made me ball my eyes out. <laughs> It, when they want to when they want to make the show hit it hits um but no i like I, i'm getting sidetracked i i felt like it did technically address the idea that he's trying too hard to fill some certain shoes but at the same time i it felt a little jarring it almost felt like they they skipped something to get him to where he was at but in the end it does feel like the the path that he's chosen wasn't the one that he originally chose it's being forced upon him he's trying to fill somebody else's shoes in order to restore a nation that's kind of always been at the core of Utuaramo since the very beginning with Hakuro with the first season this idea that somebody is forced to have to stand up for the people try to gather the people and fight against the corrupted powers and I think they're kind of doing well to not have it be Hakuro's story which is the first season but be Haku's story but just have a parallel there that they both kind of share the same fate so it's really cool yeah, yeah, move on. <laughs> move on. Last one, Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer. I'm super behind on this one, so I don't have too much to talk about here. I'm doubting that you're watching it. Nope. Yeah. Um, Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer or Hoshi, Hoshi no Samidare. I was I was really tr- keeping a hawk eye on this series for quite a while, um, mainly because this is from the uh, original creator of Planet With, which I absolutely love that series. Unfortunately, this one's being adapted by Nas, and that's something that a lot of people have already taken note of. Even myself, I will take note of that. The series does not look good, and I think a lot of people have pretty much dropped this show because, yes, technically Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer is something that came out, I believe, before Planet With, and it is highly praised as a manga, like super highly praised. And so to have Nas, which, sorry, is not a good studio... It's never been a good studio. They have like one good show that they've done, but for the most part, they're just not a good studio. And they're just barely holding the show together with more than two frames per second. And I, I, I think that's the big issue that a lot of people are having and why they dropped off on it. I was trying to stick with it and I was enjoying watching it week by week, checking out what has kind of been changed for the manga, um, checking Satoshi uh, Mizukami's uh, tweets, who's the original creator, and seeing what feedback he had. Yes, and kind of seeing where he's a little bit frustrated by certain things they, they disinclude in the adaptation, like, can't have Pansu. <laughs> it's like, no Pansu in this show. Let's let's make it nice and nice and uh, uh, PG, I guess. And I think that's a little bit of frustration for, frustration for a lot of people. And I, But I was still watching it. I was still enjoying it. It's basically a guy gets selected by this lizard that shows up in his bedroom one day uh claims that he's the 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 knight of that particular the lizard and that he's going to be the knight and he needs to find the princess or the 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 hime and save her and protect her and there's this big huge hammer this biscuit hammer that's going to be coming down upon the earth to destroy it and it's being controlled by this magician and so he has to protect the 
uh, princess, take down the mage, prevent the hammer. And oh, by the way, here's the big twist. Hime, Samidare, this girl, she wants to destroy it after she saves it. Like, she wants to be the one that destroys it. She doesn't want this mage to destroy it. She'll be the one that destroys it. Which they eventually get into reasons why that's the case. Early on, it just really feels like she's just, she's off a rocker. (laughs) It makes sense later when you actually do find out why she wants to do that. I mean, it doesn't make sense to most people logically, but I, I understand why she's doing it. But um, it was really interesting at first because I kind of, I, I was looking at this show coming into it similar how I did with Planet With, where everything is not as it seems. Like with Planet With, it opens up with this dude, he gets eaten by a cat, and he turns into a mecha robot, and he fights the good guys that are stopping aliens from attacking humans. It didn't make any sense. And then over time, you get the story, and it starts to peel away the layers of this world and the characters, and nothing is as it seems. And everybody, it, it was, I mean, similar to the ED of the show itself. It was all about masks. Everybody wasn't what they seemed. Like, they even had this big bad guy of Planet With. Like, holy crap, his story was great. Like, <laughs> this writer knows how to make characters have so many dimensions. And so I was watching this show. I'm looking for that. I will admit, the writing just feels super fast-paced. Um, it feels kind of jarring at times. And the characters still don't kind of make sense to me. Even, I think I'm like eight or nine episodes in. And then they started revealing a whole bunch of characters. Like, we have literally expanded the cast from, like, I don't know, six main characters to, like, 15. And I just, I go, I'm sure at some point they're going to start calling, like, start taking out characters. I'd have no doubt this this writer is willing to kill off these characters. Um, but until then, it's like, I have, I'm character overloaded right now. <laughs> and I don't really quite, I haven't got to that point yet where this writer has surprised me with this show. And I'm just waiting for it. And I felt like for a while I was covering the show on my YouTube channel. And I felt like I was being apologetic for the show. And then I kind of wanted to take a break away from it. But I will go back to it. I will finish it. But I'm I'm 50-50 on if I'm going to come back and finish the show. Or if I'm going to just read the manga. Because I don't... I feel like... I feel like there's just too much being changed. Not... Not insane stuff being changed, but I feel like there's too much being changed, and I'm not getting enough out of the animation. The only thing I'm really getting from the show is the voice acting, which I do like Samadare's voice actress. Um, I even enjoy uh, Yuhi's voice actor, but I don't feel like I'm getting... You're not getting animation. Like, it's it's pretty shot per shot, and it, it it's almost, almost to the levels of something like... Um, Oh, shoot. The way of the house husband. Where it's like, you're almost to that level. You're almost to just panning panels. But um, we'll see. I'll probably go back to watch the show um, just for the seiyus. But, um, yeah, it, it hasn't impressed me yet. And I'm sure it's going to eventually get there. Because, like I said, the, man- the manga is really highly praised. So, yeah. That's Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer. That's it. That's 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 all that's all this shows of the summer 2022 anime season that we are going to be covering. I hope you guys enjoyed this final third chapter of our reviews, and um, please leave your comments below about how much you think Chris is wrong about Summertime Render. I'm sure I'm going to get <laughs> smashed for that. 
gonna get smashed. Uh, either that, or people that immediately t- uh, send a comment the moment you said that this is the most non non Don Machi Don Machi. You know, <laughs> you know, people immediately. Pa- that's why I was catching you. I know that people were gonna immediately pause and go, "It's actually the most Don Machi season because it actually has the writer involved." It's like, no, he he meant, and I I knew that. I just wanted to kind of correct immediately. It's the most undone machi of the adaptations. But yeah. Anyways, uh, as per usual, if you go to otakuspirit.com, that's where you can find all of our links, including our link to our Discord, where you can meet a great community of members doing watch alongs and even read alongs now, doing manga and light novel read alongs. Uh, we have a club there as well, um, as well as chats for gaming and just general anime fun memorabilia just a lot of great people there it feels like things are really kind of lately been kind of getting chattery and i feel bad because i've been super busy lately so i'm like oh crap people are in there talking a lot and i really want to get involved with a lot of this discussion but um i just have been pretty swamped lately so but yeah a link to the discord is there additionally if you want to support what we do here we have a patreon account a tips link or if you're listening to this on our youtube channel or if you go to our youtube channel you can support us by hitting that super thanks button on our videos. We definitely appreciate you guys' support, letting other people know about us, rating us on iTunes, rating us on whatever the service you use, like Spotify or whatever, definitely all helps us out. I think word of mouth is uh, one of those things that you can do even if you can't support us monetarily, and we'd greatly appreciate it. Your guys' support and all that kind of stuff has been a lot of fun. And additionally, that's the end of the summer, so we're getting into the fall, which that's... is crazy already. <laughs> I I I I was crazy already. I was so happy to be done with that. This. Was a doo joke earlier, by the way. I wasn't just making a random potty joke. It, it was from Akiba's Made War, the doo You said doo and I immediately thought of the doo Oh, okay. I yeah, <laughs> it, it was really nice to get into this season finally. I I I had been bleach today, off. dude. Bleach today. Oh, I've got I am that that I I'm I'm gonna have to wait until tomorrow to watch it. But th- it, it's stuff like watch that. It I, tonight. I, be being able to uh, get into to made uh, made wars is was absolute crazy. I it, but I was I'm so happy was to get to into that long. I know it's it, it's it, I think about it. I've been putting I've been putting off this season for three weeks because of uh, because I wanted to catch up on he all these put shows. Off the poor cute cat girl. Oh, uh, seriously. I and, and but I I was finally able Do to you get want into episode it. two. I have episode two. What I can put on the drive episode two to the the cat girl. What else? Which cat girl? There's like four. Grand Carnet is a sword. Cat girl. They, they, the they, only cat girl that's there's, important. There's there. There was <laughs> another episode out. Yes, please. I want to watch it. I di- um, I went. I went and got I, the. I probably it, won't watch it. High dive is though. behind a week, so I went out and got the second episode because I wasn't too thrilled by the first episode's first half. So. I went out and got the because High Dive is going to be always a week out because it's got an exclusivity in Japan. So we're talking way too much about the next season, but it's been fun. <laughs> I'm glad you're able to finally join. And I'm trying to do all the first impressions while still keeping out my Mashuko Tensei videos, and it's been a pretty crazy week. So my hope is yeah. to start uh, getting redoing some some streams this this season i i'm just what gonna, i'm just gonna trim don't i'm gonna, I'm gonna cut fat. this part out i don't want you making promises you know i'm gonna trim keep. some fat I'm, I'm planning on trimming some fat and starting to get some streams going because that last season was just all it was was me catching up on shows all season and there there's just no way you know, it was catching up on Genshin Impact because you've been super behind on Genshin Impact. He's doing like the back and forth. Get caught up on one thing, get behind on the other thing. Get caught up on that thing, get behind on that thing. So it's like Genshin, now I'm behind an anime. 
anime? Now I'm behind in Genshin. <laughs> he literally had to get to Sumeru. Jeez. Anyways, we got we, we got to wrap this up. I hope you guys enjoyed this reviews as always. We definitely love you guys' support and y'all take care. Oos. Yeah. 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 Yeah.